0: oh hello fuckers what's up this episode of the podcast so appropriately is brought to you by blue apron (laughs) when you find out what this podcast is about you're gonna be like what the fuck joe exactly um let me say before i even do these ads because uh, i just did the podcast with the gentleman that made the documentary Cowspiracy, and uh, enjoy it. It was a really good conversation. I enjoyed talking to them. Uh, I think they're very cool guys, but I did not have an opposing point of view uh, that was represented on the show. Now, some people from the National Cattlemen's Beef Association contacted me, and they sent me an email saying that these guys, their statistics are wrong. Jamie pulled up a bunch of stuff. What was it, Jamie? What was exactly?
1: Some water numbers and some other things.
0: The water numbers that they had quoted about how much water it takes to make a cheeseburger was apparently...
1: Yeah, just in general, water, livestock, agriculture numbers were just a little off.
0: And how were they off? In what way?
1: Just uh, uh, the claims. I I found some information from the U.S. government's website, which it seemed that they were linking to, and it, it said that they were... Or they were claiming sixty-five to fifty percent national water usage, or something like that. Right for animal agriculture. It just says it's like under seven percent, and it's down every year since nineteen seventy. So I don't. don't This is from the
0: same website that that they're quoting. Okay, I don't know who's right, but I enjoy talking to these guys. So let me just get that out of the way. Before I say anything, and my sponsor is Blue Apron. Blue Apron—they take factory-farmed food and send it right to your fat face. (laughs) Blue Apron is a fucking awesome company. I use it, and this is what they do: they send you um all the ingredients and uh, all of the um all the proportions, all the portions correctly. Uh, of uh, these cool recipes. What they do is they send you like a cooler and the cooler has in it all sorts of different food. They do have, by the way, vegan options, I should say that. They have vegan options and vegetarian options. Um, And they send you these diagrams, or I should say uh, recipes, step-by-step instructions with photographs, super easy to follow. Um, and it's less than $10 a meal. They provide you all the fresh ingredients, locally sourced. Each meal can be prepared in uh, less than 40 minutes or 40 minutes or less. No overwhelming trips to the grocery store. uh, No more takeout bullshit. You don't have to get a a recipe book and make sure that you weigh everything out, measure everything. They do it all for you. It's really easy to follow and uh, economical. Uh, And there's a lot of, like, great choices. So, since we're doing a documentary with the guys from Cowspiracy, let me read some of the vegan options. Uh, three cheese calzones with uh, La Jacinto kale and tomato sauce. Obviously, that's a vegetarian option. Uh, here's a vegan option. Winter squash and baby kale quesadillas with queso, wax, I don't know what that is, waxa and sunny-side-up eggs. That must be a vegetarian, right? That must be a vegetarian op- option. <laughs> this one. Thai curried cauliflower steaks with black rice and Thai basil. Okay. That's vegan. Vegetarian versus vegan. Um, Here's another one. Butternut squash and poblano chili with toasted papitas and charred lime. If you're into meat. Buffalo chicken sandwiches with endive and blue cheese salad, seared salmon and salsa verde with orange spinach and farro salad. The point being, these are really interesting dishes. They're delicious, and it's it's a great way to um, to cook meals. To you know, you know I mean, if you are a busy person, you don't have the time to go to the grocery store with a, a list of stuff and get the exact right ingredients, and they do it all for you. And again, less than ten bucks a meal, about ten bucks a meal. So I do I'll tell you exactly here. Less than 10 bucks a meal. Okay. Um, so give it a shot, you fucks. Right now, you can get your first two meals for free at blueapron.com slash rogan. That's blueapron.com slash rogan. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. We're also brought to you by it each and every episode. on is a total human optimization website. And what we strive to do at on is provide you with everything that we find online, in the world, from whatever research or being told about it, anything that we can back up with science that optimizes you physically, whether it's optimizing you strength-wise, through strength and conditioning equipment like kettlebells and battle ropes and all the different things that we sell. If you click on the fitness link and on it, or whether it's optimizing your mind through the supplement link, things like Alpha Brain. Two double-blind, placebo-controlled studies that we've put on that uh, we've actually um, hired the Boston Center of Memory Center for Memory to um, to test Alpha Brain on double-blind, placebo-controlled studies that showed all sorts of cool shit about Alpha Brain. It showed that Alpha Brain in- increases your verbal memory. Um, It helps me. It helps me remember words. You know, it helps me remember things. I don't ever do a fucking UFC. If you see me doing the UFC, I am constantly taking Alpha Brain. I fucking panic if I don't have that shit because that's such a memory-intensive job because I'm pulling on my memory of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of fights. And when you hear me do that, most times, it's literally from my memory. I'm talking about fights. I'm not talking about them from a list. I mean, occasionally I have some notes in front of me. But for the most part, quite honestly, it's just from my memory. And I I credit Alpha Brain with a lot of that. Alpha Brain with my ability to remember things uh, on a podcast when I'm not high. (laughs) When I'm high, everything gets a little slippery, my friend. Uh, variable memory, processing speed, peak alpha flow, the two randomized clinical trials are available uh, at Onnit.com. You can go check it out. Our supplements have a 100% money-back guarantee. You don't have to return the product. Just say it sucks. You get your money back. Every 30 pills you have, uh, one, the first 30 pills, rather, you have 90 days. You can't just keep doing it. This stuff sucks. Let me try it again. This stuff sucks, too. And Try it again. The- you don't have to. The point is, we're not trying to rip you off. We're trying to sell you the cool shit that we use, uh, Aubrey and myself and all the people at Onit, including the list of different pros. Uh, if you click on the Academy link, the Onnit Academy link is filled with all sorts of cool inspiration in the form of um, uh, articles, in the form of workouts of the day, uh, different articles on the science of exercise physiology, of nutrition, uh, all sorts of great shit, as well as there is a physical Onnit Academy, which is in Austin, Texas, an awesome gym that if you're in Austin, you're in luck. Go there. Check it out. You will love it. O oh, n n i t. Again, use the code word Rogan and save 10% off any and all supplements. All right. Now, as I said, these guys who are on the podcast, they made an excellent documentary. It's called Cowspiracy. Um, I think it is my responsibility whenever interviewing people like this, and this is something that has sort of been forced upon me over the last few years of having controversial guests, is to uh, try to at least play devil's advocate when I can, Uh, although I'm not that qualified to do that in this regard. But I try to do it a little bit. Um, But I think what's really important, there's a lot of undeniable stuff that they brought up that I think affects all of us. And uh, I think, in that regard, regardless of the the arguments pro and con, and a lot of the things that these people are saying they got wrong, and whether or not they did, there's some undeniable shit involved in our connection with food. And uh, I am fascinated by that as a person, and uh, as a person who has a podcast where I can uh, spread information. I'm fascinated about it. Um, fascinated by it. I think these guys are on to a lot I think uh their their documentary is very important, but like all documentaries, google it and uh find out what you believe and what you don't believe yourself um but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the documentary, I enjoyed talking to them uh they were very cool guys and uh i think uh I think everybody should watch it because I think this discussion is is an important discussion, and it's one that uh we really uh, aren't having enough. Not just in this country, but in the world. So without any further oh fuck, I said it again. I was I was done with it. I was done with it. I had decided today. Even someone even tweeted me today. Not even just one person. A couple of people tweeted me. Don't say without any further ado. And I was planning on listening. But I fucked it up. I'm sorry, folks. I'm sorry. Next week, we'll get it right. Uh, they found a bureau. You hear about that? They found the fucking tenth planet. They did. It's real, you fucks. All you people that hated on me for believing in Zachariah Sitchin. The old man was right. Several thousand years it takes to come near us, but fucking Neil deGrasse Tyson was tweeting about it. It's over, bitches. We came from aliens. They fuck with monkeys. They made people. Whatever. What am I rambling about? Uh, please welcome Kip Anderson and Keegan Coon from Cowspiracy. Joe
1: the Joe Rogan Experience.
0: Train by day, Joe Rogan podcast by night, all day. Yes. That's how I'm going to now on. Yes. Like Diego Sanchez style. Uh, what's up, folks? How are you guys? Good. How are you doing? Thank you for coming here. Uh, really appreciate it. I'm doing good. I didn't answer your question. It's one of those questions, you know, hey, what's up, man? What's up, man? Like neither one answers, but it's acceptable. For whatever reason, we've got to change that. We've got to change a lot of things. Documentary freaked me the fuck out. Let's talk about it. (laughs) Cowspiracy. Um, If you haven't seen it, pause this podcast, go to Netflix. It's only on Netflix. I tried to find it on Apple TV, and I was like, what? (laughs) Only Netflix. Netflix continues to kill it. Um, But your, your, uh, your documentary is very scary. It's one of those um, documentaries where you can look at a lot of documentaries and go, well, there's a bias in this documentary. And these guys, you know, they're thinking that uh, the, the negative aspects of this outweigh the positive aspects of it, but it's debatable. When you look at your documentary, it's one of those things where you go, Whew, like I shut it off after it was over. It was like one o'clock in the morning. I was getting ready to go to bed, which is not a good idea to plan The fucking rest of your life think about the future of the world after you see a documentary like yours Uh, and I'm sitting there going well there's nothing There's not much you can say like when you look at um, the devastation that's being done with livestock in this country when you like soberly look at it you soberly look at the numbers you soberly look at the amount of land they need to graze you soberly look at the amount of people that we smoosh into these little areas where we don't grow shit And we call them cities. We have to truck everything in. When you soberly look at the amount of methane that's being uh, produced by cow shit and cow farts. And then the reaction that you guys got when you tried to bring up that aspect of it. That was the weirdest part of your documentary. I expected going in that the documentary would sort of highlight some issues that people have already with factory farming and show you... You know what effect it had on on the environment but I didn't anticipate it would be that much of an effect and I didn't anticipate that you would get the kind of resistance that you got from activists
2: activists that are scared of that industry yeah. what was it like making that documentary that was actually more of the mo- more of the motivation was that these environmental groups the Green Pieces Rainforest Action Network uh, Sierra Club that they didn't address this issue was more of inspiration to make the film and pissed us off to the point of making the film more than actual facts themselves. You know, the facts are so overwhelming when I found them out, but the fact that they didn't talk about this, like I felt, you know, betrayed. And and, and then, you know, once I started calling them, it became really kind of pissed off. This is Kip Anderson talking, by the way, and uh, Keegan Kuhn is the other gentleman to his right.
0: Um, you know, to me, I kind of liken it a little. They're scared. They're obviously scared. I mean, it's, Or they're complicit. It's one of two things, right? Either they're scared or they're taking money from these environmental groups. Could be both, right?
2: and another one and also they're contributing to it imagine you the American that's
0: what I meant when I said taking money from these environmental groups I switched it around I meant the environmental groups are taking money from that industry and also
2: too, imagine you're the American Lung Association and you're sitting around board of director meetings and you're all smoking cigarettes and then you're telling somebody not smoke cigarettes and that's yeah. a huge part of it we, we, we walked in a couple organizations groups during lunch and here they're you know they're in front of like a slaughterhouse eating their lunch And they're, you know, discussing how to say the rainforest and it's like, wait, is there a connection here?
0: They're eating burgers and shit, talking about the rainforest. Um, You know, another thing that really disturbed me about your documentary was when that gentleman who was a former cattle rancher was talking about his, his being sued. And how the industry sued him and he got in some real deep legal trouble, cost him a ton of money. But how now, today, with the Patriot Act... He would have never won the case because it doesn't matter if you're correct now. Now, if you have an action, like you make a documentary, you do something that adversely affects that industry or any industry where they can prove they're losing money by the Patriot Act, you're, le- you're legally Complicit or you're
1: legally guilty, right? Is yeah. that how it works? Yeah Well, so there was a law created called the Animal Enterprise Terrorism Act and it was focused on just animal rights activists and <sighs> environmental rights activists And it yeah, the law says anyone who disrupts the business of an animal enterprise is committing an act of terrorism Jesus fucking Christ. That's scary, right? I mean cuz then that goes it's so far reaching that's from Someone who saves one chicken from a farm or someone who does a protest or I mean There's three activists up in the Bay who are arrested under the law for doing passing out leaflets and doing chalk outlines on sidewalks. It's just crazy, total violation of First Amendment.
0: That's so fucking wrong. It's so wrong and so dangerous. When you let an industry just dictate, just by sheer money, what people can and can't protest, things that people find morally reprehensible. There's a reason why there's these ag-gag laws. What ag-gag laws, if you're not aware, if you listen to this, There's laws against taking film footage of those pigs that are shoved into those cages and chickens shoved into cages and cruelty to animals. If you've ever watched any of those disturbing uh, videos that PETA puts up, where they'll show like a guy like shearing wool and kicking the shit out of the lamb, it's fucking. It's hard to watch, man. It's it's weird. Or is it a sheep or a lamb? Lamb is a young one, right? Is that what what it is? Yeah. These guys, like you think, oh, I'm wearing wool. It's just, uh, they just give them a haircut. Bullshit. They beat the fuck out of those things because those things don't want a haircut. And they're, they bleed because they're not gentle with those shears. Ugh. Obviously, I don't know if it's just one time that they filmed this and it's just one asshole. But there's laws against filming those things now. So the only way that, that ever stops, the only way people ever go, hey, man, I'm only going to eat free range this or grass fed that. The only way that happens ever is you have to know what the consequences of not doing that are. You have to know if you oh, if you're buying this factory-raised meat, this is how it lives. Are you cool with that? Most people are not cool with that. So instead of fixing it and making it better, they make it illegal to report all this unethical, fucked up, dark shit they're doing to animals. That is, that's so fucking anti-American.
1: It, it, at every level. Yeah, but I mean that shows how powerful this industry is it literally can dictate to the government What they want the laws to be because yeah, the agag laws don't benefit consumers in any way They are completely written by the industry themselves Those motherfuckers need to take
0: mushrooms <laughs> all those people
1: that are involved in those chicken farms
0: yeah, They're already on the, farms next to
2: the cows. So can...
0: just grow some please you do you don't understand. I understand They're making a fuckload of money. I get it. They don't want to stop making a fuckload of money. But the idea that that's all you have to do is just have so much money coming in that you can get away with this—how is that any different than like animal bestiality? How is that any different than animal torture? Like animal torture is illegal. If like Michael Vick got in trouble because he was shooting his dogs and killing them. How is that really different than the way they treat pigs
2: as I say, you know at least the dogs had a chance You know these animals had no chance at all, you know those dogs.
0: Yeah, I I guess the dogs have a chance I mean the thing about pit bulls is the real the ones they use for fighting They breed them to not have any animal aggression. You could beat the shit out of them. They don't fight back They're, They're bred to never sort of Go after people. It's very weird Anyway, that doesn't. beside the point. The point is this, this industry has so much fucking money that they're able to do something that I think pretty much everybody would disagree with. And that's stop you from letting people be aware of the consequences of their purchase power. They're buying. Like if you buy, if you want to buy the cheapest meat, you want to buy the cheapest meat possible, this is how it's grown. This is, this is how it's managed. This is how they bring these things to slaughter. Are you comfortable with that?
2: thing is, too, it's not only, you know, even if, even if you have organic or the free range or, you know, all these other, more, more than anything, the marketing terms, they don't, let you, they don't let you into these places as well. It's across the board. I have a friend, my friend Doug Duren. He lives in Wisconsin, and he, own, he owns a farm, and he has grass-fed cows.
0: And uh, I had a, one idea of what it's like to be a grass-fed cow, and then I visited his farm. So my idea of what it's like to be a grass-fed cow, and he only has a few cows, and it's not a gigantic farm. It's a few hundred acres, and it's, you know, it's not his main business. It's like a family thing that he does, and he grows his own beef. Those cows are fucking terrified. If you go in that cage, they fucking run. They run, and they bunch up. And I, and I was out there, and I went, oh, they know what the fuck's going on. Yeah. And it's not that much space. I mean, even if they have a giant pasture, you obviously have to be able to rope them in because you're going to eventually kill them, and they kind of know it. So you go anywhere near those fuckers. You, you think of it as like those pigs in your documentary, those pigs that those people were raising in Northern California, which mm-hmm. were kind of like pets. They yeah. came over, and these little kids were petting them and stuff. That's not how these cows are. These cows are fucking running for their life.
2: Yeah, and the thing is, those cows—they know, they know, they know what's going on, and they're only—they're just—they're just babies. You know, they get mm-hmm. killed at 18 months. Imagine they can live as long as dogs. Imagine a puppy getting killed at you know 18 months. They know what's going on.
0: And 18 months is the grass-fed one. No, the, that, the, that's the, grain-fed, right?
1: Grain-fed. Yeah, grass-fed is even longer. It's about- Twenty-four months
2: because yeah. they have to
0: Still. take some longer to grow. Yeah, they're just, they're, they're eating their natural diet.
1: Ooh, what did we do? So
0: how did we get here? <laughs> how the fuck did human beings get to this position where, I mean, I think it's wonderful in terms of our ability to innovate, create technology, educate each other. You know, I mean, wow, what a what a gigantic relief it's been to remove the daily necessity of gathering food. It's been a gigantic relief, and it's caused the human race to accelerate, to technologically innovate at a before-never-seen pace. I mean, What we've been able to do over the last hundred years has been nothing short of insane, but the consequences seem to be not thought out and um, not planned for and no solution in place to mitigate it.
2: Yeah. And that's the thing is that when we talk about population in the film, you know, and was it nineteen eighteen hundred is one one billion nineteen hundred one point five two thousand two thousand twelve seven billion just exploded. And then not only that, the the necessity to the meat consumption and dairy consumption and just in the last 50 years. So a lot of these people had this notion. Of you know even the the grass fed that 's what we get into in the organic, but they 're living in a time where it 's fifty years ago a hundred years ago we 're in two thousand now sixteen that 's it 's not a reality it 's a myth
0: there 's too many of us, damn it, but people are cool I like, <laughs> I like them I like them I like when there's around a lot around <laughs> <laughs> it 's weird you know it's it's uh it 's such a catch twenty two like but there 's definitely too many of us, but fuck it 's awesome having so many people because having so many i i find uh, i love like going into uh rural areas the mountains and stuff like that but i i think living there i would miss the amount of people that you get in like the los angeles area you get a lot of like really cool people you get when I mean, giant groups you're you're m- more likely to find a
1: large number of cool people just by sheer volume just by numbers but Fuck, man. Well, that's one thing that's looked at in the film is that, yeah, how do you feed 7.2 billion people? And the only way you're really going to do it is to eat as ecologically as possible, and that's a plant-based diet or getting as close to a plant-based diet as you can. Yeah. What seems like – what I like to do,
0: I grow a lot of my own vegetables, and I've been – the last few years I've been hunting. And this year eating, trying to at least, exclusively stuff that I've killed myself. But everybody can't do that. You know, you can't preach that as an ethic because it's just not possible. First of all, time-wise, it's not possible for most folks with families or with jobs. It's just they just don't have the time to gather that much meat, to feed your whole family for a year. If you eat meat, you know, three or four days a week even, you're not going to be able to do it. And then two, the other thing is there's just not enough animals. There's just not. There's not enough whitetail. There's more whitetail deer right now than there have ever been, ever, in the history of this continent, just by management, by wildlife protection agencies and um, uh, fish and game departments, making sure that you know t- these animals have adequate habitat and they only take a certain amount per year and things along those lines. So there's more whitetail deer than there have ever been in North America,
1: but not enough to feed everybody. Not even close. That's not it. even
0: close. We would kill them all and we would still be starving. That's it.
1: Yeah, I mean, hunting really, because people have brought that up. They say, well, what about sustainable hunting? And the truth is that we've replaced most of the wild animals on the planet with our domesticated animals. And we've taken the wild animals' land, and we've you know, used it to grow, feed to feed livestock or to graze livestock. And so, yeah, just as you said, I mean, we've literally replaced 90% of wildlife with our own species. Like what wildlife isn't there anymore that was Besides obvious ones like buffalo, yeah, I mean, there's the obviously like megafauna, um, but it's also, I mean, you'll have to look at timber wolves. Eastern timber wolves were basically wiped out mm-hmm. uh, primarily for fur trade and because they preyed on cattle. Um, and so then you have other species that move in, and so you see an explosion of, for example, yeah, white-tailed deer. But that's because we've eliminated all the other species around them.
2: We've eliminated all the predators because the predators are a threat to. The livestock mm. and so once you eliminate the predators now you have all these deer running around and multiplying and then that's where wildlife management comes in which is complete bullshit because true wildlife management is getting getting rid of the cows and getting rid of all the other wildlife uh, uh, all the other wildlife Wild livestock
1: wildlife. getting rid of yeah it's rather getting, than getting rid yeah of yeah all yeah the, oh okay you, yeah you, so basically what's boat. happening
2: just in one just in one year ago um what was the stats on how many oh well, w- i mean u.s you the Department of Agriculture has a um, wildlife services program,
1: and they eliminate wild animals who prey on uh, the livestock industry. Right. So they killed mountain, two, lions, yeah, coyotes. mountain lions, coyotes. I mean, it's like 60,000 coyotes last year were killed by the U.S. government because right. they're perceived as a threat to this industry.
2: 400 wolves, yeah. 500 black well, bears. Well, you guys, pretty. I'm sure
1: you're aware of the reintroduction of wolves, you know, about all
0: that, like how they reintroduce wolves to North America from, uh, from actually from Canada. Right. It's fascinating. It's very controversial. Oh, for sure, man. You know, because uh, elk populations have been decimated, um, but then they've also attacked some livestock in British Columbia, where my friend Mike lives. Um, his neighbor's um, cow was taken out by a wolf. Like, they were they were all sitting around from the fucking bedroom window watching a pack of monsters tear a cow apart, like, right in this little
1: pen. It's got to be fucking spooky, yeah. you know? Yeah. I mean, but still, I mean, wolf populations aren't even close to what they were a century ago. Mm, That's true. But in some states, they have exceeded the number that they intended to let them get to. Right. And so that's what happened is that because that's going back to these environmental organizations, Sierra Club's got a big campaign about Save the Wolves and Mm -hmm. all these organizations. Save the Wolves, Save the Wolves. But they're not talking about why wolves are on the verge of collapse again. It's like we got these species off the endangered species list and now they've opened up to hunting in Idaho and, you know, the states that their populations have bloomed again. And it's because of the cattle industry. It's not that the wolves have exceeded the ecological capacity or carrying capacity of the ecosystem. It's the fact that they're competing with livestock.
0: Well, they've also reached a number, they've passed a number where the scientists, the biologists, wildlife biologists deemed they would be a healthy, sustainable population and not be a problem. And when they get to, you know, what we call a problem, of course, it's when they interfere with agriculture. It's when they start eating livestock. Exactly. And people's dogs. And occasionally joggers you know yeah. <laughs> shit goes wrong with wolves man you really that the the issue is um, management right And what does that mean to some people it means like leave nature alone let nature sort it out but to people in indigenous uh, areas like um, you know Native Americans and people in Canada like a lot of them rely on moose and and deer to feed themselves like this is where they get their meat from and they have to keep wolf populations down. If they don't keep wolf populations down, the wolf, they, they already, as it is, wolves and bears kill something like 50% of all calves and the fawns that come out of deer and moose. So they do, since there's no, nothing that kills wolves, like you have to kill them, otherwise they get to the point where, have you ever been to like uh, upstate New York and drive through those areas where there's so many deer you have to drive like 20 miles an hour? Because at nighttime, they're just darting in front of your car. They're like fucking rats. They're everywhere. It's, it's nuts how many deer there are in some places. And one of the reasons for it, because there's no population control. There's no predators. And these are areas where there's just not that many people and not that many people hunting. So you just get a fuckload of these fucking deer running around everywhere.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's that, it's that imbalance. And that's mm-hmm. what we've seen with ecology around the world. Indigenous communities have found, I mean it's like hunter-gatherer communities around the world have shown that you can live in balance with nature. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not what we're living today.
0: Wildlife biologists, though, do believe that the way to balance that out is you have to keep populations of predators down. And that's why if you go back to history, all the fairy tales, the big bad wolf, Little Red Riding Hood, all that stuff, Three Little Pigs, we're all wolves. Wolves are fucking dangerous. They're real dangerous. In, in terms of, like, recent history, in World War I, the Russians and the Germans had a ceasefire because they, they were trying to kill each other and wolves kept killing them. They were getting so many soldiers killed by wolves, they literally had a ceasefire and just went on a wolf killing rampage. That's how scary wolves are. They can stop armies from killing each other. So I think we all as compassionate people who love nature, we have some beautiful ideas of what nature is and some beautiful ideas of how North American populations of animals should be managed, but wildlife biologists look at this with a very sober eye and they're the reason why they're opening up hunting for wolves in Idaho and uh, some other areas is not just to protect agriculture. It's also to keep these motherfuckers from getting out of control, because they are wolves. They're beautiful. They're amazing. I love them. I love that they're here. Even if they do jack a, a giant percentage of the elk population, And it's, it's fucking cool, man. Wolves are cool, you know, to be out and here. Oh! and see like a fucking pack of them there's a, a an electrical living beauty and all that that if it's gone it's gone forever and you can never bring it back and right now it's here and i think we should enjoy it but you got to keep a fucking eye on them man and when the wildlife biologists the sober ones go hey you've got too many you've got a problem you gotta open up hunting for them because if you don't they just keep breeding.
1: Well, yeah. And then what do you do? Well, so there's this really dangerous predator that roams around the planet, walks on two legs. It's called humans. Yeah. I get it. That's the most dangerous yeah. species on the yeah, planet. Yeah, I like that predator, though. They're cool. <laughs> but, but you can't advocate for—they've those. They've gotten out of control. You can't eliminate them, Yeah, right? but you can move away from them.
0: I mean, if, if human beings— Well, the wolves can. If human beings come in and start jacking and killing people, that's what's called war. And that's why we have armies, to protect against human beings when human beings do get out of control. But if wolves were cool and they were hanging around like squirrels and they never killed your dog and they never threatened your children, yeah, it would be a totally different experience. Yeah, for sure.
2: When when was the last death of a wolf in say Idaho? Last year. Well, last year in in Alaska. I mean,
0: look, not that many people are wandering through the woods by themselves and wolves are usually aware that when they see human beings, they're either in cars or they have rifles. But I've had friends that were stalked by wolves. I've had friends that were on bow hunting expeditions where they thought they were going to die because they were stalked by wolves. Because wolves, if they can get away with it, they will fucking kill you. Well, they had bows in their hands too.
2: they were like, Listen, man. You guys. ain't gonna kill. You ain't gonna kill them
0: all. You you might get right. one wolf. You if you're lucky. But a compound bow and a wolf's running at you. Good fucking luck.
2: You got to set your sight croc- correctly. You got to adjust it when the wolf's coming in. Get out of here. Speaking like say about Idaho, you know the the wildlife in there is cows. The it's cows and a few wolves. You know and 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 cow's take now, up so right, right take up yeah. so much space if you remove all those fences all those Millions of miles and fences millions of acres and you let the wolves have that land again And then you let the other predators come back in um, then you have a balance going on But it's the fences and that's the you know mm. you talk about the wildlife management it's, it's it's bullshit because just by killing some wolves and not addressing the cows and the fences. That's that's the problem Well, there is certainly a lot
0: of cows in Idaho, but there's also a lot of wild game There's a lot of like deer hunting in Idaho is famous. Like elk hunting in Idaho it's like one of the best places to go in the world. So it's not entirely true. There's a lot of wildlife. Idaho, if you've gone there, like people, they have this idea of Idaho as being like sort of this like boring flat. You know, like the people who don't go there. They, they think of it as like one of those states I'm never going to visit. Idaho spectacular. Have you been?
2: Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. It's My amazing.
0: The fucking mountains. It's just a spectacular place. So there's a lot of wildlife and a lot of sportsmen. Hunter people, you know,
1: a lot of fisher people, right? A lot but of people that are fishing. I mean, that's the amazing thing. I used to live in Alaska, and you just see moose everywhere. Yeah, um, it's amazing, uh, incredible. Um, but we still we don't have that perspective of that 200 years ago, the biodiversity and the amount of animals was that much more. And right. 500 years ago was even that much more. And living in the bay. And we talk about the indigenous people literally didn't go more than ten miles from where their village was because there's so many animals, there's so much
2: food, right. and we've just eliminated that. But if you want to have an apple store, you have to do that. You can't, <laughs> you can't have fucking <laughs> wolves. But, but also around. too, you know, the wildlife in uh, Idaho that you're talking about, it wasn't. There's not that much predators. You know, there's a lot more predators and well, say have the wolves west. Well, well, the now, wolves, but you know,
0: they have real big w- populations of wolves now. Th- the but it's still, it's just a
1: fraction of fraction. what, what it, it used to be. To be. And yeah. then the also, like,
2: as far as the West, the bears and the cougars and the coyotes that are just getting d- destroyed. And people talk about wildlife because there's a bunch of moose and a bunch of you know, elk and uh Well, the, bears,
0: the bears and cougars and, and wolves, are not, they're not getting destroyed. Like, they have very strict numbers of how many you can kill, whether it's cougars or whether it's bears or whatever. And bears are extremely hard to kill. Like, the, in California in particular, they've made it so it's almost impossible to kill bears. You can't use bait and you can't use dogs, so you have to go find them. And wolves, I mean, bears are way smarter than, than you give them credit for. They smell things a mile away, they hear things you're never going to hear, and if you start coming through the woods, they're just going to not be there. It's it's not like there's this overwhelming idea that we have to go out and decimate all of the coyotes and all of the bears and all of the wolves and all the cougars that's not going on coyotes are the only one out of that whole list you can shoot as many as you want like people worry about coyotes encroaching upon urban areas and killing cats and dogs and my neighbor's dog was killed by a coyote it happens all the time you know but it's not like they're out there killing all the bears like there's a there's fucking serious jail time if you kill a bear and you don't have a tag and you can't even kill them in california uh cougars can't even kill them. So mountain lions in California are just running all over the place killing cattle.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the the reason, though, is that we've gotten to that place. We've decimated the populations to such a low point Mm. that now they have to put in these mandates and controls to try and keep the species alive.
0: Yeah, well, that's true. The reason why they did it, though, was like— when they started killing all these wolves back in the day when they started poisoning them they they did it because they were dangerous like they had gotten to high numbers and they had realized that as soon as people start stockpiling um uh, livestock that this is an easy place to hit and so they would just keep coming back to them i'm sure you've heard of the russian super packs of wolves that they've had in issues with in siberia where these guys they're they're you know they can't do a damn thing about it because there's a hundred wolves tearing apart a horse and they're that's, that happens. It does happen with wolves. So it's, I don't think this is something I see all of your points on nature, and I bo- agree with you 100% on the factory farming situation, but I think we have to be real careful when it comes to just letting wildlife be wild. I think there's a certain amount of predators that you can have before things get dangerous.
2: The, the big one, you know, that the film addresses is the, is, is the livestock. You know, that's mm-hmm. what's got out of control, and that's what's literally destroying and taking over the wildlife. So if you're really concerned about wildlife, if you're a real wildlife person, the last thing you do was not only consume, say, factory farm, but we, that's the whole thing about our film. People think it's about factory farm. We don't even talk about factory farm. We talk about the grass-fed beef. We talk about the organic, the organic, uh, free reign, uh, organic grass-fed um, milk. And that's what's killing the wildlife, and that's the whole point of what we, 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 we jump past the factory farm because, ironically, for wildlife, if you care truly about wildlife, and that's what they discuss when we talk to animal animal. Agriculture Alliance, they say, they say, people think we're living in somewhere 50 years ago, 100 years ago. We're not. We're living in a place with 7 billion people. The only way to efficiently feed people who want to eat meat is to put them in factory farms. They're factory farms because they're efficient. They only take around two acres per cow, whereas the grass fed cow, you're talking about your buddy in Wisconsin, the guy in our film, he had cattle in Wisconsin. He said 50 acres, 50 acres for one fucking cow, one cow, 50 acres. 50 acres, think how big that is. No other wildlife can enter that. So that's the last thing you'd want to eat is grass-fed beef. The last thing you'd want to be fed is... um be beating is these uh organic dairy farms that is destroying all our water water resources polluting the rivers and destroying all these predators and these uh you know the other wildlife that you're talking right. about. Right.
0: But the argument would be that when you have a grass-fed cow and it's eating on 50 acres, that's where it's getting its food from whereas if you have a factory-raised animal it's getting corn, that corn is raised independently on some other
2: large area. 2 acres though. 2 acres, 2, two acres two, two for acres a cow. For two, yeah, cuz you can grow Uh, corn so much per acre and grass fed it needs 50 acres that no other horse no other bear no other cougar no other all these animals that you're talking about no other animal can live on that area is that during the life of the animal that's that's just period that's just the slaughter yeah till slaughter slaughter. so So, that's that's, that's constantly so imagine on a 50 foot fence nothing else well it's way more than
0: 50 foot 50 50 50
2: acres sorry 50 acres for one so that's the last thing you want to be eating is grass-fed beef if you really care about the environment if you really care about wildlife. You, you need to say either I fuck the cow, screw the cow, the cow lives a miserable life, but you know I care a lot about more like, uh, you know about the, the elk and the moose and the, the wolves. I care more about wildlife than I do about this cow. You gotta choose one or the other if you're gonna do it. And if you really care about wildlife, you gotta say screw the cow and then go uh, with factory farm. And that's the whole irony of this whole grass-fed myth uh, that's happening. Um, That's what's that's what's kind of ironic about the film, and people don't expect that. It's shocking.
0: If human beings right now stopped growing, like if the population of the United States stayed at three hundred million, can we feed ourselves right now with how we're doing it?
1: Uh, Like business as normal? Yeah, not Not sustainably. I mean, not into perpetuity. Why is that? um, Right now. Half of the United States' lower 48 land is designated to raising animals for food, whether growing their feed.
2: 50%. Half. That's crazy. Yeah, That's it's crazy. That's crazy. No other wildlife. Yeah.
1: And so, so we've already you know, passed that tipping point where we're, we're on ecological collapse. So we can't continue business as normal. Um, but 50% of. When you say pass that tipping point, why isn't it sustainable? Um, the simple fact that we're draining aquifers at extreme rates. I mean, the Angola Aquifer, the largest aquifer in North America, drops by, I think, six feet per year. 50 um, percent of 55 percent of all water consumed in the united states goes into animal agriculture um, so we're pumping groundwater totally unsustainable in california you know massive drought 47 percent of california as opposed water.
2: to domestic is five percent every single thing you do in your home all everything you do in your home is only five percent animal agriculture 55 percent and we're talking about how we're in a drought it's called a um, you know, it's, it's really a food, water shortage. Water shortage. I mean, what on, is,
1: uh, what's golf courses? Golf courses is less than 2%. That's
2: still a lot. It's oh, for, 55%. just for, sorry, 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 just <laughs> for,
1: great. just for California. For, for well, the United States, it doesn't even register as yeah. a percentage. So in California, 5% is for humans just
2: four percent four or
0: two percent is for golf
2: yeah that's 50 fucking bananas. 55 percent for let's 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 get culture. rid of important shit first let's Fucking get rid of the golf <laughs> okay now we're down to th- another two percent we're 2%. doing, we're doing way better <laughs> <laughs> Um,
1: but, you know, that's, that's a big one. Um, so water. Water's a giant water's issue. a big one. Um, another huge issue. Desalination technology that's emerging. Sadly, that's really not a solution either because of how much energy goes into it. And so the greenhouse gas emissions that are attributed to each gallon of water. How
0: about nuclear, son? How about we do some nuclear desalination? <laughs> how about I'm we sure put it right about. on the fault line, there too? We go. <laughs> Fuck it.
1: Um, another part of it is uh, topsoil erosion. Leading cause of topsoil erosion is from hoofed animals, grazing on, anim- on land that never had hoofed animals. Um, it's how we till... Soils to grow corn and soy and you know alfalfa yeah
0: that 's an issue right that you guys also addressed um, that maybe some people aren 't aware of is that you can 't just keep pulling the same plants over and over again from soil when you do that, you deplete these farmlands and there you know there's a guy named dr joel wallach i don 't know if you've ever heard of him. Controversial character, but he had this fascinating book called "Dead Doctors Don't Lie." It's all about mineral deficiencies and about these farmlands uh, in the United States have been minerally deficient since like the 1930s, and they've been aware of it forever, and so they have to supplement the the farm, the ground with uh, with minerals, but it's barely enough. You know, it's not good. It's not good for your health. You know, this the kind of vegetables that you get from those places,
1: they're um, they're not the healthiest. That's it. I mean, there some soil scientists are saying that we'll we don't have livable topsoils in the next 50 years in the United States because of how we farm. I mean it's, that's a huge issue. And then you know what ends up happening to all that topsoil runs off into streams and rivers and that's gets flushed thing. out to the oceans? Mm. We have these massive dead zones that are completely devoid of life all from you know the primary cause is because of raising animals and then we have
2: the greenhouse gases and then when 50% is cleared away imagine 50% of that land re- reverts back to actual wildlife you know to actual the fauna growing back But now the, you're talking crazy. Yeah, you're now talking now you're talking we're <laughs> you going to s- completely now, stop know,
0: factory farming no more agriculture that's it just forests <laughs> forests and, forests and a bunch yeah. of wolves we're just going to be eating bark like that fucking survivor dude Um yeah i don't think that's going to happen but i don't think anybody knew that this had happened i think that's part of the problem of a documentary like this is it catches people like well what what how did this happen you you get to that how did this happen like it's one of the things that i realized as an adult i used to have a bit about this is there's just no grown-ups there's just a bunch of people that got older like, when you're a little kid, you think that one day there's going to be a grown-up and, you know, you're, you're, gonna, you're going to be a grown-up as well, and it's going to make sense. Like, oh, one day I'll, I'll be all grown-up. But no, you get grown-up, and then you realize, oh, nobody knows what the fuck is going on, and we're all operating on momentum. And somehow or another, their momentum of these greedy cunts has created this environment where you can't even talk about what they're doing to animals, and you can't talk about how far gone we are. We're so disconnected. Most of us are just as long as we can go to the store and buy some food. We don't. We have shit to think about, dude. Okay, fucking Game of Thrones is on. I don't have time. And because of that, these guys have gotten away with it. But it's like um, it's like like a crime that you're watching. I mean, it is cr- like crime. I mean, it
1: seems like it should be crime. I mean, we are we are literally living in the largest mass extinction the planet has ever seen. 65 million years ago when all the dinosaurs died off is nothing compared to the rate of extinction we're seeing right now. I've
0: heard those animals are all losers though. I heard <laughs> I heard they're
1: all losers and that also I heard that
0: 90% of everything that's ever lived is extinct. Yeah. 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 But so I mean, so still- like do you want to keep owls around forever? Are they the perfect animal? <laughs> Can't yes. they just go and a new thing comes in their place? <laughs> Al's the one. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I intellectually, I total. I'm not not that I'm ever, but if I was intellectual, I would say that ultimately, um, this whole thing is happening. Life is taking place and it's moving at this very strange and bizarre pace. I think that ethically, though, the, one of the bigger issues, of the, the maybe perhaps the biggest issue, is how did we allow. Um, laws in place like laws where you can go to jail for filming cruelty right. That doesn't make any sense as Americans as human beings as People that are living in the age of information of 2016 to deny deny information Shouldn't you know if you buy a pair of pants and that pair of pants is made by fucking slaves? Shouldn't you know if you went to the pair of pants factory and you saw a guy Whipping the people that were making the pair of pants wouldn't you want to be aware of that? So how is it any different? How is it any different? How is it any different that it's illegal to film
2: someone being cruel to animals? That's fucked up. Because people don't want to see it. People don't want to see what they're doing to their, their, you know, they're eating three times a day. They don't want to see it. They don't I don't think that's the case.
1: I mean I think the big thing is, is that it's it's money. It's money. You know, it's I the, think it's way
0: more money than it is people don't want to see it. Because people say it,
1: that to all all the time. They're like they see the film, they feel really inspired, and they're like, Well, what do we do? You know, I should write my congressman, I should, you know, talk to my legislators. Oh. And that's great if they think that's where the solutions are gonna happen. Can
0: we just do an ice bucket challenge type thing? Yeah, right. Isn't that- <laughs>
1: Keep it simple. <laughs> you know, but really what it's gonna come down to is <sighs> that as long as this industry has money and has money to funnel into the government, things are gonna continue.
2: Yeah, you know, and well,
1: so it's you know I think it's kind of it's undermining the the baseline and, of that. And the whole industry. thing
2: too is when you know we tour around with the film, people talk. You know, the politicians are are, are the bad ones, or the animal culture groups are the bad ones, the government. And it, and and it, once again, it goes back to those environmental groups. Those are the ones. You know, those are the ones that you need to that need to be held accountable. They that's why they make their billions of dollars collectively, and they're not doing it. And that's why they're they're here. I mean, that is the one that... the animal culture, they're just doing their business, you know? They're good businessmen. They got their lobbies. They got mm-hmm. the government. They got the infiltration now to these environmental groups. They're doing a good job. So how about hold people accountable to step up what they're doing and hold themselves accountable whilst rather than saying, screw you, screw you, screw you, say, you know what, look in the mirror, and what can I do? What can I do to make a difference? And what can I do with these environmental groups that are actually palpable? And just from the making of the film, they're actually now starting... To address it so it's it's pretty cool they're finally doing it
0: well it's interesting because if you look at the uh, the agriculture business if you look at factory farming business like as a business uh, you look at just the raising of livestock in this country there's a gigantic diffusion of responsibility aspect to it all because each person is one part of this enormous industry and this industry has existed before they came along. So you grow up and it seems normal because everybody's buying steak at the butcher shop and everybody's you know, getting their cows from this fucking guy and their milk from this store. And it seems totally normal. But as you get older, you become a part of that system yourself. You start becoming a farmer. So you take on a job that is, is already exists and it's acceptable, it's a normal part of your community and your culture. And then, you know, you run into some problems and you need some loans, so you get a loan and you expand your business and then you get involved with lobbyists and then the lobbyists come by and they say, hey, listen, we've passed a new law that makes it illegal for people to film you while you're beating the fuck out of your pigs. All right, cool, I guess. Shit, fuck, whatever. As long as they can't run me out of business. I got loans. I got loans from the fucking government I got to pay off. And this is what a lot of it what's going on. You're not dealing with individuals that are evil. You're dealing with almost like an evil concept. And the evil concept is to be able to take life and to turn it into something that's profitable. Like to take life and to smash it into the small space possible, feed it the most fattening shit possible, pump it full of whatever chemicals we have that make it grow quicker, and then chop it up.
1: That's it. And I think in the film, we don't demonize people who are involved in this industry because they're all trying to... You know, pay their bills, feed yeah. their families. My
2: dad is a rancher.
1: Yeah, and so it's like this is again, these aren't these aren't bad people, these are people caught up in a bad system. Yeah,
0: I think that's a real good point to make. It's a real good point to make. Whoever's made those laws is definitely responsible. Whoever let that happen, like, whoa. The that having that put into like this one thing if you have people that are fucking I've seen people that interrupt restaurants and they you know, you've seen videos of those people, they get in and they just fucking start screaming about meat is murder and like it's not the place for it. It's just not. It's like you're, you're interrupting people's business. You, you're you making a moral judgment. and you, you might be right in your eyes, but in this person's eyes, you're wrong. And you, you're, you're fucking with their space. You know, there's, there's that.
2: Yeah, but that's what's interesting is, you know, when people talk about, you know, that's a judgment of what other people do. I, I don't condone that at all, but... You know we discussed in the film is what other people are doing with their choices they're saying you know say someone's like oh you're vegan or vegetarian well you know I, I do what I want you do what you would want don't judge me well, it's like well you know what you're destroying our wildlife you're destroying my future generation I'm paying taxes for your hamburger like in the film about the guy who wrote um meatonomics, uh, meatonomics. we're paying around on a on a Big Mac was it seven it, it would seven normally, extra dollars normally costs it costs what three dollars it's cost ten it would cost ten dollars Yet we are the ones paying the taxes on this with through the. Um, th- right. But do you understand that saying that to people and talking to them like that makes people
0: think that vegans are annoying, which makes it bad for whoa, the whoa, cause. Vegans aren't
1: annoying? <laughs> some
0: of them are very. <laughs> oh, well, for sure. well, People are annoying. There's a yeah. percentage of people that are annoying. There's oh, for no, sure. no getting around it. And sure. when you ever met somebody who just started fucking doing something like, you know, uh, just started. You know playing tennis and all they want to do is talk about fucking tennis like Jesus Christ man enough about fucking tennis <laughs> That's how a lot of people are with everything right. sure. Including becoming a vegan
2: sure. you know
0: I'm guilty of it with sting- things that I get into because when I get into things That's all I want to talk about and yeah, sure. when when people find that moral high ground in particular They tend to fucking plant a flag and blow trumpets and so when you say to someone, "Hey, you know, it's not because I'm paying taxes on your burger," they're like, "Oh, dude, fuck off!" You know, this is not the way to talk to people because they don't mm-hmm. want to hear it. Mm-hmm. Even if you you're making sense with your facts and your statistics, most people, first of all, if they haven't seen your documentary or many other documentaries, whether it's Food Inc. or whether it's King Corn or whether there's a, a series of them that you can watch that sort of give you this complicated multifaceted peak picture of what's going on with food in this country and it's not it's not good it's real bad on yeah. all levels that's yeah. why
2: people really love the film is that we we don't say one thing to anybody you know when you watch the film we don't make one judgment we don't say anything not one point in point in the entire film it's just following my journey what I personally went through about six years ago.
1: Because it's, all, it's and, all about providing information. Yeah, and, that, mm-hmm. and
2: uh, even that, you know, just providing information about the taxes. It's like, you know, this is, this is the truth. It just know the information and then make your own choices.
0: Well, yeah, you don't really have to put a spin on it. Yeah. You know, when you, when you break down the actual numbers as far as, like, how— well, that was one, the other thing that was incredible, when you show, like, how much uh, area you need to grow plants— Versus
1: how much area you need to grow livestock to feed the same amount yeah. of people. And you're I mean, like, it's, whoa. It's about one sixth of an acre to feed a vegan for a year. And then it's 18 times but that much. they're amount. so skinny, man. They're little tiny
0: people. <laughs> you <laughs> got to have the 300-pound <laughs> vegan in here, man. When yeah. you, there these dudes eating pizza all the time. When you when you're flying over the country and you look at all that extra spot, there's a lot of space.
1: What the fuck's going on with that space? Like, when you fly over, there's nothing nothing happening for a long time. Which is actually is kind of amazing. It's like, especially in the American West, you drive through Nevada, and you're like, wow, there's all this open space. Yeah, well, but then you, you grow stop. Grow some cows there. But you stop. Yeah, you see, and there's one cow every 100 acres. Mm. And so it's, I mean, this is land that, it, the U.S. has been very efficient at utilizing its land.
0: What was going on with that whole Bundy Ranch thing? That That had to do with ranchers and yeah. public land for grazing as well, right? Like, they yeah. wanted to charge them more money, and so they fucking... Got together with their white supremacist, but allegedly, yeah. <laughs> Are they white right supremacists?
1: Uh, they're definitely. Uh, they're white. LDA. What is a, uh, LDA? Mormon? Mormon? Oh, yeah. might as well be white supremacists. <laughs> yeah, they're they're Mormons yeah. with guns. That's Worms weird. With guns for and cows. Well, so what Angry it is Mormons is in the U.S. We have federal lands uh, that's managed by the Bureau of Land Management (BLM), and that land belongs to all of us. So you can get a permit to mine on that land. You can, you know, hunt and. Fish and you know shoot guns and ride ATVs and all that sort of stuff because it's, it's owned by all of us. Um, but you can also get a permit to graze livestock. And so ranchers get these permits to graze livestock on federal lands. They pay a fraction of what they would normally pay. So they're basically subsidized by all of us. Um, and so then Bundy and his cronies all wanted to, they're saying, no, you know, they hadn't paid their, their basically their fees. Mm-hmm. And so BLM took their cattle and said, hey, you haven't paid... You know, you're you're basically stealing from the U.S. citizens, you know, by grazing animals illegally. Um, so they did their whole coup and, you know, trying to overthrow the government. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's nuts. But so again, this is and what's going on right now in Oregon, same sort of thing is that they they believe that this land is for them to use because no one else is up there, and so they can graze their cattle. And It's like, well, right now they're they're cutting down fences and wildlife refuges right to graze cattle. It's like, I mean, it's just the <laughs> It doesn't benefit ecology in any way. It doesn't who, benefit us. Who
0: was the first one to call those guys Yal Qaeda?
2: <laughs>
0: Some, <laughs> someone did it on the podcast, allegedly. I don't know who it was. It sounds like something Tony would say, but he's not really political. So I don't, I don't think he would be aware of the Bundy Ranch thing. Yal Qaeda. Yal Qaeda. Good. Yeah, but it's been on Twitter for a while. And someone attributed to someone who was a guest. On this show, and I don't remember who it was, if it, if it happened. I would like to give them credit because it's fucking hilarious. Y'all yeah. kind of
1: got <laughs> But so, I mean, the, so those ranchers, you know, they, they do have huge power, though. And so, right. like, right now, there's wild horses in the American West that are mm-hmm. being rounded up. There's more wild horses in federal captivity than there are free on the range.
0: Yeah, I saw that. That's, that was, I found that to be fascinating, too. That was a, a part of your, pot, your um, documentary that I totally didn't expect.
1: Yeah, and that's again because of the cattle industry.
0: Now, this federal land—that's when you say that they get—they get their animals can graze on it for a fraction of the cost, um, fraction of the cost of doing it on private land—is that what you mean? Yeah, exactly. Right. But federal land is owned by all the people, so shouldn't it be kind of a fraction of the cost if you do hand out permits? Like, if you want to, like, you could use that land to go camping, to hike, to do because it's all. This is well where Theodore Roosevelt. When he was in office, he was very controversial because one of the things that he did is he wanted to protect gigantic chunks of land in this country and make them public land, and make it so that people will always have the great outdoors. You could always go and enjoy these. You can't overdevelop them. Like he had a very amazing foresight in that in that regard. He really saw the future in a lot of ways. And, man, they've been trying to fucking sell that shit off forever. And as, as recently as um, it was one of those guys running for president, Ryan, Paul Ryan, is that his name? I believe he was one of the guys that was ahead of uh, this idea to sell that land um, to pay off the debt that the United States allegedly has to some fucking invisible man. I don't even understand the debt that we have, like to who? Like what's going on? The federal bank? Why is it called the federal bank? Is it a federal thing? No, it's not. It's just the name of it. Oh, what the fuck is going on? We owe how much? How do we owe that much? Why are we paying them that much? What are we paying them for exactly? They make money. What we can't make our own fucking money? What's going on here? So it's you can go down a rabbit hole, my point. But if you do go down that rabbit hole, like shouldn't those people like shouldn't you if you have chickens shouldn't you allow your chickens to fucking run around on on on
1: public land? It's it's the difference is profiting off of it. So it's if they right. you have you know they're private industry mm-hmm. making money on public lands. But they do pay taxes, right?
0: Uh yeah, a fraction
1: taxes, so but, it's not like they do it for free. No, but they're heavily subsidized by the
0: How US
2: government. How much do they pay? That's what it goes, in, back to that whole Big Mac thing, you know. Yeah. It's $3 but it's really should be around 10 well
0: sort of because it's all money that's going to the government right it's like are they taking money from you are you really paying taxes from it or are they paying less taxes you could say that you're paying taxes for it but it's really that they're paying less that's well, really what it is they, they
1: actually receive checks i mean so it's like they get paid like the oil
0: industry does like mm-hmm. they get, subsidized. They actually get so subsidized so
1: like the corn industry does too it's huge which apparently
0: they can't survive without
1: that yeah. like i mean the, the hog industry in north carolina you know we've Read a report that said they wouldn't be able to survive if it wasn't for they better lose subsidies.
0: Hundreds of millions a year. I so think. how does that happen? Explain. Can you? I don't know if you can. So can you explain that to me? How yeah. Does?
1: I mean, so what it is is that U.S. government has policies around food that food has to be affordable for its citizens, and that's a it's a huge thing. If You want it's to good, keep a yeah. revolution from happening, definitely keep people well fed. And oh, so we is have, that what it is? Oh, it's, it's fucking a,
0: government, uh, man. That's it. They're keeping us fat and lazy.
1: Oh, well, you look at the. I mean, what happened in you know the Arab Spring? That was mostly because of food prices. At least a lot of uh, economists are saying that, yeah. But so we want to keep food affordable in the U.S. So when uh, industry is struggling, the government steps in and says, hey, we'll help you out, we'll keep food prices artificially low. So like corn, for example, have huge, huge subsidies to it. 70% of corn in the United States is fed to livestock. So that subsidy is then passed on to the livestock industry. You have an industry like, the hog industry has, you know, uh, porcine epidemic where all these sows are dying. And so the U.S. government bails them out and says, oh, here's, you know, $10 billion to get your industry out of, you know, out of deep water. Uh, And that stuff happens all the time. And that's to make sure the food supply stays adequate. Because, I mean, right now, chicken in the United States is cheaper, like, you know, astronomically cheaper than it was 50 years ago, even even including inflation. Well, you know, that was one of, I believe, Roosevelt's, um, I think it was Roosevelt.
0: His campaign slogans was a chicken in every pot. Yeah. Because chickens were like lobster back then. Yeah. It was like really expensive. See if that was, I think it was Roosevelt. But that, you know,
1: that animal was a, a, a wealthy person's meal. Right. Yeah. And it's become the standard. And then the reason for Hoover, it is Hoover. it's artificially low. Hoover? Yeah. Hoover.
0: Yeah.
1: One of those old dead dudes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but so that's, you know, again, that's just one aspect of it is that we because people will say that they'll be like, well, you know, it's really expensive to eat plant-based foods, and so you know, I've traveled around the world, I've lived around the world. Plant-based foods are the cheapest foods around the world, except for you know, ex- extreme remote areas where they can't grow vegetables. Um, we, can, the reason why you can buy a 99-cent hamburger though, is because of federal subsidies, you know. Um, so subsidies that keep food prices low. I, th- I,
0: I, here's part of the problem. I, I agree that it's probably a good idea to keep food prices low. Because people don't make so much money. But then you go down that rabbit hole. Well, why, how come people don't make so much money? Like, why, why is the fucking minimum wage so low? How the hell do you live on that? You can't live on that.
1: You, you really can't. It's a, and we interviewed uh, Lauren Ellis from Food Empowerment Project, and that's one of the things they talk about is that you know if we look at food deserts that are happening around you know, urban areas, and people can't afford food, and it's because we don't have a living wage. It's like you want to solve food deserts. Maybe, what is a
0: food desert?
1: It's uh, Areas that don't have access to fresh foods. So, it's, you know, you look at a community, and their only grocery store is a liquor store that has chips and, you know, junk food. Oh, I see. So you're just talking about, like, neighborhoods. Yeah. Just neighborhoods that have... Uh,
0: poor neighborhoods. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, that is
0: the weirdest part about going to poor neighborhoods is how many fucking liquor stores,
1: man. That's it. And so, like, and again, the federal subsidies, it's like they're not subsidizing healthy fruits and vegetables. It's like you're not, you know, the organic... Fruits and vegetables industries aren't heavily subsidized. They're not mm-hmm. subsidized even at all for moment, most of them. Um, they're subsidizing really unhealthy foods, high fructose corn syrup, you know, animal products, Yeah, foods that are actually killing us.
0: Well, that was another super disturbing part of King Corn when they went over their own bodies. They got their bodies examined and found out how much of the carbon in their body had come from corn. Sick. They were made out of fucking corn. Yeah, we're... And then they go through the supermarket aisle and examine all the different products to find evidence of corn products in them and look that's
2: crazy. It's
1: a it's yeah,
0: bizarre. Mean, How yeah. this happened in a hundred years? In a hundred years. I mean, you go back to nineteen fifteen and everything was normal. People were eating normal shit, you know. I mean people were they were the farms were normal. People would get their milk delivered to their door in the morning, you know, in a glass jug that came from a farm. It was it was normal. I mean and
1: somewhere along the line. Yeah. Well it really it came from, from war. World War One and World War Two as they started producing, you know, n- chemical nitrogen. For, right. for mustard gas and for chemical weapons, and they realized, whoa, you know, you can grow plants with this stuff. And Do you know so the
0: story behind that?
1: Yeah, a little bit. The Hopper
0: method? Yeah. <laughs> that guy became a fucking war criminal. The guy who invented the nitrogen that's responsible for, like, 50% of the fucking nitrogen in your body right now has come from the Hopper method where they take—he's had some bizarre way of extracting nitrogen from the air because the air is very nitrogen-rich— so instead of using fertilizer, they figured out how to get nitrogen out of the fucking air. This same guy came up with the idea of gassing people. He gassed the Allied troops in, in World War I and then created Zyklon B, that fucking gas that they, well, they use Zyklon A and Zyklon B. And he came up with Zyklon A and he figured out a way to make it so it has a very strong smell so you would know it was a pesticide so that you would know that you if you smelled it get the fuck away from it. And then the Nazis turned it into a Zyklon B. So they just took out whatever element that gave it a horrible smell. And he was a Jew. And that's sick. Yeah. Isn't that, sick? A no, that one. dark story. <laughs> it all happened after he was well he it was most of it happened after he was dead, like the uh, the Nazis using uh, Zyklon B. But while he was alive, they were I mean he he was like a man without a country in the United States, they'd given him a fucking Nobel Prize and then they wanted to try him as a war criminal at the same time. It was fucking bananas. Yeah. He's hes one of the weirdest stories
1: ever in science. For sure. Fritz I mean, Hopper. Yeah, and that's basically how we got to where we are. It's like you, you can all of a sudden grow corn in places that you could never grow foods before. Yeah. Um, if anybody
0: it. wants to hear more about that, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but there's a Radio Lab podcast on it. Go check it out. I wish I could remember the name of it, but if you Google, what is it? Did You just say something.
1: Yeah, I, saying, I got it right here. It's how do you solve a problem? Like it wasn't. Fritz Haber, that's what it's called.
0: Hmm. There might have been more than one, but I think it was the bad show. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know if that's the actual pot. Either way, you'll you'll find it, folks. But it's worth listening to if you're and if you haven't heard of Radio
1: Lab, it's a fucking amazing podcast for sure. So that's I mean that's he's he's a big reason why I mean we right now mm-hmm. we have I mean, that's what allowed population to explode. Um I mean, agriculture really is what allowed populations to explode. It's like once we started cultivating plants, mm-hmm. populations, you know, we're not spending 90% of our time hunting and gathering.
0: It's amazing the pill, the birth control pill, didn't put a fucking dent in anything. <laughs> didn't even. It was like throwing up some cheesecloth to try to stop a raging river. It oh, just <laughs> didn't do jack shit. Yeah, They thought like, oh, we're going to have this down now. All you have to do is take a pill. Whoo, boy, we figured that out just in the nick of time. <laughs>
1: uh, that's it, man.
0: Imagine if there was no pill. Probably the same amount of people. Probably. People are well, stupid you know, as
1: fuck. Yeah, I mean the real the real <laughs> thing. If you want to control populations, educate girls. That's what it that comes down to. That doesn't work. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> Jesus <laughs>
0: Christ! People, educate boys. Doesn't matter. You can't. First of all, you definitely can't put it on
1: girls because they get horny just like boys get oh, horny. Oh, no, and they no. get baffled. But it, that's the whole thing is that you look at populations whose birth rates are going down is mm-hmm. when they started educating girls when they stopped segregating where only boys were going to school that's one correlation though but it, it also populations go down
0: in places that are more um more advanced and places that uh, are high population areas with more uh, affluent people, populations go down. People were, they're more career oriented people, populations go down. Right. But so there's ha- a lot of different factors in that, right? Totally. But they have to be just edu- put it on chicks.
1: Oh, no, no, no. I mean, it's, it's the fact that we got it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> why do we have 50 kids? Cause you're a fucking whore. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. why.
1: Yeah. You're I mean, an
0: uneducated whore. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, I mean, a, a woman who's got an education isn't, isn't concerned about, you know, having 10 kids. She's interested in having a career. But, Some of them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I come from a family of eight kids, so. It's like, yeah. Um, I'll well, talk about human population all day long.
0: People are goofy. You know, they fuck and they make people. Sure. It's just ridiculous that at this point in time, sex is the only way to make people. Like, uh, you know, you should figure out a way better and more obvious way to make people than do something that your body's urging you to do all the time. I'm like, what are we, amoebas? I'm like, God damn, let's get past that, will we? I mean, that's one of the most important things, even as important as factory farming. Figure out a way where it's completely sober and non-pleasurable to make a person. <laughs> <laughs> Where it's not like a desire, like you, br- like you've been holding your breath for an hour, just <gasps> like that's what it's like with people when they have sex. It's just such a fucking overwhelming feeling, and that's how you make a person. That's pathetic. It's a biological trick of the highest order. A, yeah. Mother Nature's a trickster, dirty trickster. Um, well, you know, that's at least something that's addressed and people talk about. the thing that I think. I find the most disturbing about all this is uh, how few people are aware of uh, the reality of factory farming. It sort of seems like a ghost that's whispered in the woods, you know, factory farming. It's fucking terrible. You know, no no one really thinks about it too much because it's not really in our face enough. And the idea that that now is covered by the Patriot Act, that if you do put it in people's faces, that you, you i mean, it's essentially like by way of creating a law like that, they've made it so that you'll never make it better. There's no need to make it better, and as soon as there's no need to improve the conditions that these animals live under, then it's just not going to get better if it doesn't help i mean businesses don't operate that way if it doesn't help profits it's it's not going to get better
2: that's the thing though with the the you know again the film it's not just the factory farms, it's everything it's with a population as big as it is there's just no way to feed this nope. meat consumption and dairy with uh you know the demand. But is the,
0: is the ultimately, is the, the move to make everybody eat vegetables or the move to make less people? Can we just start killing stupid people? Can we just, like, have a poll? Like, a, how old is the earth? You think it's more than 10, less than 10,000 years old. You win a prize. And we have them all show up and just push them into a volcano. No? <laughs> well, you <yeah, yeah. laughs> know,
1: that'll work. But it's like, who chooses? That's some Nazi shit right there. I yeah, exactly. can't do that. I mean, who I, gets to choose? I think it's looking at both of them. I think you can't ignore population when talking about sustainability. They, they go hand yeah. in hand. Um, I think having a, a very honest, serious conversation about human population is very important. Um, but there's no real you know, ethical way to control population that I know of right now. And so we have to figure out, well, how do we feed people while we also educate them? So, I mean, because yeah. I take it serious. I mean, I actually I had myself sterilized when I was 24 years old. Good move, dude. Yeah, it's one of the best decisions <laughs> I ever made in my whole life. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, I just looked at the, the situation, I care about sustainability. I'm all, I don't want to contribute to that. I want wow. to live as sustainably as possible.
2: And then as far as feeding people, you know, one of the scientists on our film, they said if everyone did just eat plants, you know, that would happen, is that uh, you could feed around 14, 15 billion people or 7 billion. And the way we're eating right now, we need two and a half planets. So right now we're screwed, but you know, it's more than a population issue. It's like what the population is doing. What
0: if people just lose weight? People are fat as fuck. What if everybody just stops eating so much? <laughs> Can't we just drop it drastically? What if people ate enough to be lean and healthy like you're supposed to? What, a, what difference in the consumption would that be?
1: I mean, it's, it's how many calories go into per calorie. So it's mm. like you know unit of energy. So right. That's a big part of it. So that's a part of the unsustainability. So the
0: unsustainability is the topsoil is eroded to the point where, you know, there's just not that much that they can do with it. And at a certain point in time, it's going to become sterile. So that's one part of the unsustainability. And the other part of the unsustainability is that the population is not staying the same. And it's continuing to jump up. I think in my lifetime, the United States has gone up something like 60 million-plus people just in my lifetime. I wouldn't be surprised if it was more than that. It probably is more than that. I'm probably making shit up. What do I know? But I watched a, a film the other day And it was uh, about um, the 19, I guess, uh, uh, 1960s, early 1960s. And they were driving around in those old cars. And there's fucking nobody on the road, man. (laughs) Like, you look at New York City. You could get anywhere. You could just drive around. And you watch it. And you're like, wow, that's crazy. Look at everyone just driving. Like, there's no traffic jams. They didn't even know what a traffic jam was. And then you look 60 years later or whatever it is. It's nuts. Like, now it's just a a swarm. And then you have to extrapolate. Okay. Well what's gonna happen in a hundred years from now? What's that gonna be like?
1: That's it. I mean they're they're expecting nine billion people by like two thousand fifty. Um and those people all all gonna to wanna to eat. And that's that's a big part of it. Are we it. gonna have like apartment buildings stacked up with cows
0: inside of them so they're going to eventually <laughs> they do. They do that in Japan. Ah, exactly. Do they really?
1: Yeah. Whoa. That's they made shit. that
0: up and they do it. <laughs> that's always fucked up when you have a ridiculous idea that you don't think anyone's ever going to do and <laughs> <When> they <laughs> go oh they're already doing it.
2: Japanese <laughs> one step ahead usually. Like, <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, they they have that wagyu fucking cow thing going on which I never understand why people want to pay all that money for a cow that's basically like a job of the hut cow. It's, like, going to die. Like, body's just riddled with fat. Like, you, you look at that meat, and it's just like, that animal is sick. That is a sick, sick animal.
1: That's super unhealthy. Oh, it's so juicy, though. It's so delicious. It's the best. It's the best. (laughs) I mean, the big thing, too, too, though, about like the sustainability is the fact that we're clearing forest to grow cattle. Yeah. Amazon, you know, 91 percent of the Amazon destruction has been in Brazil has been associated with grazing cattle.
0: The, um, The assassinations, too. That was the other thing you guys covered when you showed that nun who got taken out by the cattle industry, allegedly down there like, whew. That's it. I mean, the, They the, shot a nun.
1: Yeah. There was, she, was, she spoke out
2: against the cattle industry because <laughs> they killed... There's a good documentary on her.
1: Yeah, Dorothy Stang. Dorothy Stang. Um, and the, the, the hit man who was paid by a rancher to kill her. He went to prison for, what, one year, two years? And then he
2: got retried, and then he got let off. It was a right. good documentary on her. Yeah, wow. but yeah over a 1,000 over a thousand um, forest activists have been killed in Brazil in just, what, the past... 20 years. 20, 20 years. Right. Yeah. And um, this
0: guy who, who uh, paid him off, did he get in trouble? The guy who uh, paid for this uh, hitman?
2: I don't know. Did that, they name him? Yeah. Yeah, that documentary. It's, it was a while ago, but it's really good. It Fuck. just shows how corrupt it is. It's crazy.
0: Yeah. Well, Brazil, especially when it comes to poverty, you know, it's a totally different situation. Have you
2: been? Well, it sucks, you know, it was my, fa- it was my favorite, <laughs> favorite country, and then making this film, I was like, Ugh, I'm not going there well, for a while.
0: It's not. You know, it's not everyone. It's there's Brazil's awesome. I love Brazil. It's amazing. Yeah. Like. Uh, I've been there probably six times. The people are so friendly and so happy and so proud to be Brazilian, like they love that you enjoy Brazil. But whenever you have poverty, man, you see there's a lot of haves and have-nots in Brazil. There's uh, extreme poverty and extreme wealth, and there's, it's weird when you go through neighborhoods and you see really high fences with barbed wire around them and shit, and I was like, whoa, like this is uh, this is it's kind of crazy like these, these are like these really nice houses that are protected like it's a prison you know, no. it's unfortunate it's crazy yeah, but the the assassinations and everything um, that they're having in Brazil it's all people that are trying to stop the deforestation of the rainforest, which is unbelievably devastating to the tune of how what was it one acre how, how
2: long a minute? It's up about. to one acre every second. Up to <gasps> so I'm talking about every second, like a football field. Think of a whole football field every second. Jesus Christ! So right now, up to
1: or it varies. Up it's to a, it varies it's, depending it's on the two. year. It depends. Yeah, it went Sometimes down for a few two? years and
2: then two acres a second. Yeah, and then a few years ago it went down and then they just released uh, this law that made it go down. Now they're back up, uh, back up again to where it used to be. Yeah. It's, it's it's literally inconceivable, <sighs> in, inconceivable.
1: And that's the thing too. That when you look at the environmental organizations, you would think this would be their forefront issue. You know, right now, you go to any envir- or rainforest action organization, they're going to be talking about palm oil and pulp in timber mm. and dams and fossil fuels. When still today, the leading cause of rainforest destruction around the world is, is animal agriculture.
0: That's fascinating. Um, was anybody willing to talk to you guys about that?
2: Not in the not well. well, I mean,
1: Amazon Watch.
2: Amazon Watch. Yeah, you know when it was kind of the turn of all talking to all these groups, and then finally it was this big, long, drawn-out thing where she was kind of stumbling, stumbling, stumbling. Finally, she said, "You know what? You're right. They're you know, this is this is screwed up, and this is the reason why." We're not talking about it, and then you know these interviews are two hours long, and sometimes we go to these uh, go to these screenings, and you have someone from Greenpeace or Sierra Club, and they say, "Oh, you guys manipulated the editing of the film." It's like you know, you watch the full edits of the film. It's more bizarre. It's more of a cover-up. So, uh, who is accusing funny. you of that? Who was accusing of us? was
0: accusing you guys of manipulating the data? Oh, all
2: the time when we go on tour, some will stand up and they'll say they'll say the the, the edits of our interviews, you know, that were the most mm-hmm. bizarre part and the most funniest part. They say you ma- ma- manipulated the edits to make it the most funny or the most, you know, cover up and say say no, if you see the longer edits of that, it's worse than it appears.
0: Why don't you guys just put the long edits That's up on YouTube? Yeah, we <laughs> do that? We've been yeah. doing
2: that, but we uh, we've been working on other stuff, so
0: Whew. Um, it's just—it's very, uh, very disconcerting to think that these animal rights ad, or these um, uh, Greenpeace activists and these environmental activists and all these different people that are involved in this campaign to save the rainforest are also maybe even taking money from.
2: I mean, animal least, agriculture. Yeah.
1: Is that—is that? I mean, the, you fair can, to say? Yeah. I mean, there's definitely there's links to show that. These, some of these organizations do accept money straight from the industry. Um, World Wildlife Fund doesn't make any qualms about it. They make, get money from the uh, beef industry. Um, but then you can also look at, yeah, who's on their board, you know, mm. what's their background. And, so, and it's, you know, to be honest, in, in all fairness is that it's, it's such a massive industry, it's hard not to be associated with them in some way or another. Um, but, you know, Greenpeace's largest grant on record comes from a guy who raises and slaughters 40,000 animals for his restaurants every year. So it's like, how are you going to speak at bad about an industry when one of your huge donors is doing that?
0: Now, how do you decipher that? Because do you say, well, maybe this guy who slaughters all these animals for his restaurants, is that Ted Turner. Yep. I knew it. (laughs) Um, Maybe he really is legit. That's why I said Ted Turner, because I think he legitimately does have concerns about the environment. He seems like a guy who really loves the great outdoors. He has massive ranches and
1: goes to them and shit. I mean, I don't doubt that these organizations really believe in what they're doing. They, they want to help the environment. And they do good work. You know, It's like the reason why mm-hmm. we have a, I think a big part of why we have an environmental movement in the United States is because of Greenpeace. Um, and they've opened doors to be able to talk about things. And, and I'm, I'm so thankful for that. But to fail to talk about, you know, Kip has an analogy about you know the house on fire yeah it's
2: basically you know imagine a house that's burning on fire and these organization groups you know the Sierra clubs rainforest Action network at they come the houses is on fire one of them comes and cleans the window because it's a little you know a little dusty another <laughs> one dusts the uh, countertop one the there's a leaky faucet meanwhile there's a bonfire in the middle of the house that's burning the house down that's a great analogy and uh that's essentially what's happening
1: yeah so i think they 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 are doing good work, but they're failing to address the most destructive industry.
2: Ted
0: Turner's scenario, does he have, you say he slaughters all these animals for his restaurants. Are they his own animals? Do he has, does he have ranches
1: and he grows his cattle? Yeah, he's, a, I think, the second largest landowner in the United States. Um, and so he raises... <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. wow. Um, and so they're for his restaurants, the whatever they're called. Ted's. Turner, Ted's I think it's yeah. called Ted's.
2: And they yeah. are not wildlife preserves, you know, they're cow preserves so <laughs> when he's growing
1: these auto. these cows like is he doing it in a sustainable way in his property at least i mean he, how's he doing he it he raises buffalo as well mm-hmm. and and if you, people are going to raise animals um for consumption they should be raising native species i mean i, I don't think people should be raising animals just super inefficient it's like mm-hmm. 16 pounds of input to get one pound out um but you could at least do an, an indigenous species and is so, a
0: cow non-indigenous where yeah, does it come from asia Really, American cows? Confirmation? Yeah. God damn it! F- think about that, Texans. Mm-hmm. You're eating Chinese food. Yeah. I know what you think. You think yeah. I'm American? I'll I'm sit down here with American steak. And mm. then,
2: pure for pure sustainability, the most uh, the most sustainable way to grow is through factory farms. If you're just yeah. talking, not you know, not for well, health, as far as efficiency, right? Efficiency. But no, nobody factory
0: farms yeah. buffalo. Yeah. That seems like a That'd fucking sin. Yeah. yeah. What's, it. w- it's weird just seeing them in supermarkets. You know, you can buy bison. So bizarre. Like, wasn't that on, the, weren't they almost dead? Uh, wasn't that, That's the, the most now. bizarre thing, yeah. Well, the most bizarre thing was how many, you know, there's a guy named Dan Flores that uh, wrote a thing about bison ecology. It's really fascinating, and I'm, i i got to get him on the podcast. But um, his assertion is that the Native Americans, just with the introduction of firearms and horses they would have probably wiped the buffalo out even, like, you know, without the Americans or without the uh, Europeans landing. And becoming a part of this, bu- it wouldn't have happened as quick because the, the overall slaughter was fueled by money, you know, the the, the hide slaughter. I mean, the, the amount of buffalo hides they were getting, and it's just insane. I mean, we've all seen the stacks of bones. But uh, he, he believes that the um, what had happened was, Uh, there had been a massive decline in the population of Native Americans. And during that time, the buffalo grew to staggering proportions. That Before that, they had kind of kept them in check more because they had eaten them. But there was like, uh, I believe there was like a 90% decline in the populations of Native Americans. It probably was linked to Europeans moving here and giving them diseases they didn't have immune systems for. Fascinating, fascinating subject. Obviously off.
1: off, Yeah, but, I mean, Guns, Germs, and Steel, that's Mm -hmm. an awesome book. Same, similar sort of thing where it talks about that, that, yeah, introduce technology to a a population and see what happens.
0: Well, his, um, Flores is, is, it backs historical uh, recollections of um, different people who had come before the decline in Native American populations and they really didn't discuss bison herds. Like, they'd never seen, like, these million herds of bison, like, you know, they described in the, you know, the 1700s that people had gotten there and been like, what in the fuck? just thunderous hills of so that was kind of an imbalance as well so our, our idea of that being like it used to be a million buffalo eh, for a very short period of time and that was a mistake and that was just a, an imbalance that probably would have been corrected by the introduction of guns and horseback but buffalo they eat even more grass and require
1: even more land than cow do right yeah um I, you know i don't know if about efficiency like per pound of meat they put on their bones you know for what they consume i like Cows are really efficient, um, but they just eat different things, too. It's like they, Buffalo do. Yeah, they co-evolved with the grasses. I mean, there's a reason why they call it buffalo grasses, because buffaloes actually I've never it. heard of buffalo grass. Yeah, so that's like what the prairies used to be covered in was the what species. What about buffalo wings?
0: <laughs> different. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Those are just tiny little buffaloes,
0: little mini miniature
2: buffaloes. There
0: was a fucking episode of the Jessica Simpson show. Remember she used to live with that dude where uh, she was trying to figure out how they got wings from buffaloes? <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> she might have been playing dumb. I don't know. Um, it'd be fucking cool, though, if Buffalo. Well, c- Buffalo are dangerous as fuck, too, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. If you encounter Buffalo, especially during the rut in uh, Yellowstone, get the fuck away from them they run you over they'll kill you they think you're going to kill them they're going to kill you they're wild animals like people get fucked up by buffalo all the time there's a hilarious video i saw of this guy he wants to get close so he's going to take a picture of these buffalo and the buffalo just
1: sees him turns and was like oh are you fucking kidding me and just charges at him that's it man i when i lived in alaska you'd see tourists all the time going up to bull moose just Ooh. think they're going to get a picture i mean literally i seen people walk up to black bears just like oh, like they're in a man. zoo yeah people just don't, people don't really understand the fact that animals and that's really kind of all animals are potentially very dangerous, but particularly wild animals. Well, including people, yeah, by the way. You it. know,
0: We're just so used to this civil environment where people can come up to other people and say hi. Bears don't just come up to bears and say hi. They have to know the bear. They have to be reasonably sure the bear's not gonna bite them in the face. And they get they know each other, you know? When a new bear comes into town, there's a fucking war going on. I mean, it's chaos, just like a, it used to be with people. So that's the world that a fucking moose is living in. You just can't walk up on that moose, dude. That moose is fighting off bears all the time. I mean, imagine being a moose in Alaska, and you have to deal with some potentially 10, 11-foot tall, gigantic, furry monster that just eats everything it can. I mean, what does a bear weigh? A thousand fucking pounds? A grizzly? And you think of that thing as just running around looking for you? You'd be on edge. Be a little on edge. Some fucking fat guy with a Las Vegas visor on comes at you <laughs> with his iPhone. Fuck him! They're gonna trample that dude. It, Think yeah. you're cute? You're gonna take a selfie with me, bitch? I live in a different world, motherfucker. Stomp. Yeah, they're they're gigantic, man. I saw my
1: first moose a couple of years ago in Alaska. I just couldn't believe it, man. I just couldn't believe how big they were. That's it. Yeah, I mean, actually, I was living in the interior, about 100 miles from uh, Fairbanks, and it's like you some you see a bull moose, you know. Mature bull moose you can feel like you walk right under his stomach.
0: Yeah, you probably could yeah huge. People
1: have driven under them in car accidents. Yeah, yeah oh, they, like they made
0: it underneath the car and just clipped the roof on the underbelly of the car Fuck or the underbelly of the moose.
2: Yeah. You would see a bison bison in person His, <laughs> his, his, his uh, face is about as tall as you are. You yeah, know? It's, it's crazy. They're monstrous yeah. Monstrously huge and so fucking cool looking yeah. when so you see um, a bison they, they seem like some Star
0: Wars so. animal it really does seem like something from Star Wars. Like, with this crazy lion kind of mane thing going on. You know, they have the extra fur in the front. And, like, what a. Like, why did you grow so big? Why did nature want you to be so fucking enormous? Just I mean, a destroyer a, of grasses. Yeah. An eater of grasses. That's All just right. crazy. Yeah. Look yeah. at that thing. Fuck. I mean, if that wasn't real and you saw that in a movie, that's a total Star Wars monster. <laughs> right? Like, you would see, like, some dude with, like,. Like motorcycle goggles on it with a metal helmet, riding it. It's going over the
2: top of the hill. And He's what g- is it? The only thing he eats is plants. That's just crazy, you know. It's like all the skinny, skinny uh, plant jokes. But then you got the gorillas and these huge, massive, strong animals. Sure, elk, like, moose, yeah, all crazy. of them
0: eating grasses. Yeah, gorillas are real weird because they're not just gigantic, but they also have fangs. And you know?
2: they're per the, pound, per pound, pound, the strongest animal in the whole world. Eating broccoli and shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah it's um it's very strange when you see the the diversity of wildlife and you have to think that all of this stuff if you believe in that evolution bullshit mm-hmm. all this stuff came from single-celled organisms that eventually you know evolved and changed and mutated and adapted and random mutation uh, pressure from the environment and then they became what they are now what a bizarre world we live in and I think that that's also a big part of what's wrong with factory farming and what's wrong with our disconnection from our food is that we're very rarely around animals and to the point where I think most human beings think of it as like people and animals but it's not it's life it's all over the place there's a lot of different life. We've just cleared off most of it to, like, all you see is, like, birds and squirrels. And you don't even think of them because they're around so often. They're like, eh, there's another fucking bird shit on my car, asshole. And you drive off. <laughs> but when you're around wildlife, like, if you've ever been in the woods seen like, you know, a population of fox walk by and you see, like, uh, the mama bear or and a couple cubs and you see these kind of animals, like, in, in the, the wild and you realize, like, these fuckers are here. They're, they've been here. They're staying. They, they breed here. This is normal. They've been this way since Lewis and Clark. Like hundreds of years ago, they were just like this. And they're just like this right now. We just never go into that world. So we forget that world's even there.
1: That's it. I think we have a huge disconnect, you know, as you said, from our food and from the natural world. It's like we live in concrete boxes and we drive in cars and it's like we forget that we are part of this whole system um, and that's I think a big part of what Cowspiracy does too is that remind people that you're part of this system mm. you know whether you want to or not it's like you're part of the system you're dependent upon the atmosphere for your air you're dependent upon the ground for your water it's like you're dependent on the soil for your food it's like this is it there's no way getting out of it
0: well this is the first time I think our generation or I'm older than you guys I think um the generations of the last 20 years, the people that are alive today, let's just call it the people that are awake and alive and paying attention today, this is a really probably unprecedented amount of understanding of the consequences of the way we're living. I, don't, I really don't think it's ever been like this before, where so many people are so aware of what has been set up in this system that we're born into. This system that we just, we, you know, we went to school and we got out of school and we got jobs and we became a part of it. And we, we, and then as adults, we start looking around and going, who fucking designed the Democrats and the Republicans? That's it? That's the only, these fucking two people, the only people? And their idea, what is this fucking, where this meat sandwich come from? How can I just go through this spot, and I can reach my hand out my metal box with rubber tires and hand this guy paper, and he gives me a ground meat sandwich, and I just drive off. <laughs>
2: <True>. <laughs> That's what's cool. The uh, yeah, the film ends as a real inspiring way is that people are turning on now. You know, mm-hmm. So like something just in the past couple of years, you can just kind of feel it, like this transformation of just information yeah. passes so fast you can't hide things from people.
0: Well, do you think that – do you worry at all that – Something like that Patriot Act thing could be somehow or another applied to people who make documentaries that expose
2: when realities like that when we made the film, it was kind of how it went down you know when i we really s- took a step back we, after we talked to howard Lyman that the the rancher he scared he scared the shit out of us he really did, and we were talking once we released the film, should we go to Cuba for a couple months like we were <laughs> we were he scared us, and he says, you know watch out, you know this, this is serious shit, and then so we realized finally. You know, what are we going to do if we just stand stand back and do nothing, stay silent? We're all screwed, you know? The the fear of not doing something has to supersede the fear of one individual doing something. You know, we have to step up and all do something. Because if not, what are we going to live in? In a, in a world full of cows, you know, and that's in a monoculture of cows and destruction, and we're not going to be around anyway. So it was scary, but now at the point, it's been, you know, a year and a half since we released it, and we're already on to our, uh, you know, our new new project coming along right now, too, so
1: so you haven't
2: had any blowback at
1: all when we released the film cuz we originally we did a crowdfunding campaign we released the film, um, and a week after we premiered it, Beef Magazine did a write-up about the film called uh, Beef magazine. <laughs> yeah. Is that like, magazine. Yeah, it's apparently a porn magazine. It's like, <laughs> I think it's the other one, <laughs> or yeah. is it a rap battle magazine? <laughs> they, uh it's uh, yeah. So they did this write-up called uh, "Why Ranchers Should Be Concerned About the Documentary Conspiracy," and it was all, "Hey, this film's coming out. It's got these stats, and you should know your numbers because this is coming down the pipeline." Um, and we've had a couple other industries say that sort of stuff, and we get, you know. We get some threatening sort of messages and Facebook posts and stuff like that. But Like, like what do they say? Uh, you know, just the same bullshit that anyone gets on the internet. Um, but, I guess... Well, get, a lot of people don't get threats from the cattle industry. Like, what kind of what kind of threats are you getting? Oh, I mean, it's, you know, you guys should fucking die. um you know, I hope somebody fucking shoots you guys, you know, that sort of stuff. Whoa. Yeah. I but hope somebody shoots some you guys. Yeah. from for in the boys.
0: Y'all-Qaeda. Y'all-Qaeda. So why, uh, did they say why? I
1: mean, there's you were, the film, you know, shows and exposes the atrocities of this industry. And that's a threat to a lot of people's livelihood. And so, of course, there's going to be pushback.
0: Someone's saying that you should die because you showed facts
2: yeah, that's the thing. We say nothing ourselves. Exactly. All we do is interview people. All yep. we do is interview people.
0: Well, you you know you narrate a few of the facts yeah. and the, the numbers and statistics,
1: but, we but we're not telling anybody what to do. Exactly. Yeah.
2: How it's could so. someone say that you should die because of that? And uh, you know, one of the most emotional screenings we went to Idaho because my dad's from Idaho, and uh, you know, he's a rancher. My grandfather's a rancher, both of them, and so I, I just very sympathetic to what they're going through and what we what we're you know their next level of of switch that has to happen or are screwed, you know, what do they do? Are they going to learn a new trade all of a sudden, like how to grow organic vegetables when this is what they've been doing? It's tough. It's it's tough. A, well,
0: it's a giant issue also that a lot of them are in debt. A lot mm-hmm. of them are barely getting by as it is. The world of being a farmer is incredibly labor-intensive and very expensive and hard to turn a profit. It's hard. You know, we, we all know of farms that have gone under. I and mean, that's why they started those Farm Aid concerts. And, you know, Willie Nelson, was it John Mellencamp, was it? bunch of those guys i
1: mean that was what that was all about try to help the american farmer yeah yeah but i mean again it's about providing information let people make up their own minds Um, but so we had concern major concern about the film we just kind of let it go Mm -hmm. Um, we just feel like hey we're protected by all the people who back us up who supported the film Um, and then leonardo DiCaprio saw the film and got super excited about it they got in touch with us and they his, one of his producers, Jennifer Davison, said, hey, Leo saw your film, loves it, wants to be executive producer, wants to take it to Netflix, actually took it to Netflix already, and they, they're interested in taking the film on. Whoa. Yeah. Right away? He brought it to Netflix without, without even asking? Without even talking to us, which is it's awesome. So, so gangster. of him. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and, but so they, you know, of course, they had major concern. Like, hey, here's Leonardo DiCaprio, like A-list celebrity, biggest name. Like, he's putting his name on a super controversial film. And so we went through the film again and we you know just scoured it for all of our facts and backed everything up. So like on our website, all the stats that we were throwing out through this, you know, podcast and in the film are on our website, Cowspiracy.com. There's a fact page and it has linked link to every single study and reference. Um, but so that was a major concern, like, hey, once a huge name and this hits totally mainstream, went on Netflix back in September and it's just blown up, um, are we gonna get even more pushback? And so far, we're you know, I think the industry if the industry's smart which is questionable, they'll continue to ignore us as best they can because it's only going to draw more attention if they come after us. Is it possible that they can adapt? Absolutely, and that's the. What aw- would they do? Well, that's the awesome thing is that um, you know, Silk, soy milk is owned by one of the largest dairy companies in the U.S. because they looked at it and they said, "Hey, look, we're losing part of our the market to plant based milks. We should buy plant based milks." Because, hey, they're not really interested in hurting animals. They're not interested in hurting the planet. It's they like, want to make money. They want to make money. So it's like when people switch over to more sustainable foods, that's where they see the money, and they're just going to follow the money. So that's one of the real hopefuls for me. That was another dark part of the movie It's watching um, dairy cows,
0: watching how they're extracting the milk from it, and You're like, oof. And that was the best farm. I'm sure. That was the best. Farm. That was like, sure. the best. Yeah. yeah.
2: Kind of like when you said you visited your buddy's farm. We thought it was going to be nice and like, wow, this is going to be kind of a weird part of the film because you can see these beautiful cows. And it's just one of those. They know their kids are up on the hill, face the other way, and they hang out by them, kind of stare at them. And just this, this you know, thousand cows, the, the, the visceral the feeling you can feel in the air of just sadness. It was that was the toughest day. We went to a slaughterhouse on Fear Factor once, oh, and the, wow. this, this stunt they had
0: to do in a slaughterhouse. And uh, I remember the feeling that you got when you were in the building. It was like, Woo, dude, like, this is, there's like a feeling in the air here. Like, I don't want to be all hippy-dippy, woo-woo, crystals and all that jazz. But I really felt like you could feel despair. It was, you could, it was almost like a vibration that you could detect. Mm -hmm. Like,
1: this is very strange. It's It's a very strange feeling. Yeah, and then it's like, you know, those animals feel that. And then it goes in, Mm -hmm. you know, adrenaline and all these hormones are pumping Mm -hmm. through their system the moment that they're killed.
2: And then you're eating that. And Mm -hmm. um, actually, maybe that's a good point for – so talking about fear, uh, addressing the animal agriculture industry, we were going to make an announcement on your show, super stoked, that we are making our new film, and it's called What the Health, that the exact same thing is happening to the health industry, the leading cause of diseases heart disease, diabetes, cancer is from eating animal products and the same thing is happening the American Cancer Society, the American Diabetic Society, all these organizations are not telling the information that's coming out of all these facts that's, you know, countless medical studies of what's really killing us and causing diseases. Um, so that's coming out here soon too. So that's exciting.
0: So what are the facts as far as like what's causing cancer and how has that been proven?
1: So there's been a couple studies that show, I mean, there's the obvious ones like the World Health Organization mm-hmm. just announced that the processed meat is linked to colon rectal cancer. Okay.
2: So processed meat Did being meat with chemical preservatives. They put included in it? bacon, ham, um, you know, all processed meat. Processed bacon. with chemical preservatives. And they put it in the same category as, uh, arsenic, uh, can Yes, it's a... a, uh, Carcinogenic. Yes. The exact same category as tobacco smoking. Wow. Um, and that was after thousands of studies and, f- and that blew people away because they cannot believe they actually announced that it was one of the biggest things. And um, and then now all these other organizations, they're slowly, you know, kind of putting it in the back of their, their website, maybe mentioning it, maybe not. So we're doing the same thing in this film is that we're, we're interviewing these organizations and uncovering. And it's so crazy how it's like, like the exact same thing as Cowspiracy. Mm-hmm. Um, but there have also
0: been studies linking grass fed beef to healthy fats and that it's actually healthy for you to eat grass-fed animals so i think what you're talking about is just preservatives no, so you're has- talking about chemically processed animals
1: unfortunately no because like the world health organization showed that red meat you know unprocessed just raw red meat mm-hmm. is, off, is a type 2 carcinogen and
0: how are they making that distinction like how what are they following people that ate a healthy diet yeah healthy so th- vegetables along with red meat yeah or-
1: so they'll do these huge um like the epic health study which is following you know 250,000 people uh, for over the last 40 years. And so there's these massive population studies. Um, but you know the, the studies, and that's something we go into in the film, because there you can look at it and be like, hey, red meat causes heart disease. And then you'll have another study that says, no, no, you know, these meats are actually good for you. And then you just look at the funding. So, well, who funded the studies? And the, fun, the studies who are saying that meat's bad for you are funded by you know, universities. And the studies are saying this stuff is good for you. It's funded by the industry. I mean, like literally paid for by the American Beef Council. And then
2: I mean, this film's crazy. You're gonna. It's probably crazier in a way than cowspiracy. Because really? we also add in the link that we didn't have to deal with in the first issue. You're talking about like fear and stuff. The pharmaceutical company, how they're tied into this trinity. You know, you have the animal agriculture industry. You have the lobby group. You have the government. You have the uh, health organizations. Then you have the the pharmaceutical companies that profit off people getting sick from eating their products so you have this crazy so cycle so you're saying the
0: pharmaceutical companies that profit off of people getting sick from eating meat support meat because they willingly are aware willingly are aware that people are getting sick from them
1: and they want to make sure that they have unhealthy people to treat i mean look you got you have a 2 trillion dollar stint industry you have you know have literally trillion dollar industries who make uh, drugs and who make you know surgeries they don't want that to go away they want that to continue so you but you really think they're actively
0: trying to keep people unhealthy yeah, you, support, you know again you it's, it's about that, information
2: though? it's about suppressing information mm-hmm. it's about suppressing it's not you know want to keep keeping people healthy it's Again, you look to these whole health organizations. That's what you look to to tell us the truth. You look at the environmental groups. They're suppressing this information of the thousands of thousands of studies upon studies that have this information over and over, yet it's not being told to us.
0: Right, but the pharmaceutical companies, do they even have to suppress information? Most people willfully ignore information. So why would they go out of their way to suppress information when it doesn't seem like there's any sort of pressure or trend so that, for people to get
1: healthier? Yeah, I mean that absolutely, but it's pretty interesting when you follow you look at these health organizations, you look at their donors. Their their biggest donors
0: are pharmaceutical companies. And then their right. second
1: biggest donors are meat and dairy producers.
0: So, do you think that that's to ensure that
1: people stay ignorant? I think that the the I mean simple fact, if you have Diabetes type 2 diabetes leading cause of type 2 diabetes is from eating animal proteins mm-hmm. um, Yeah, but was, here's the problem with saying that the, they're eating
0: other things as well oh. And how are you monitoring these people's diets? And so are you are you making sure that you're watching what these people put in their body? They're not putting in processed foods. They're not putting in chemicals. They're only eating meat and vegetables Okay, are they only eating meat? like what, what the fuck are they eating? Yeah, like, how
1: do you know? So that's this awesome thing? There's a study uh, NIH study that looked at Follow people's diets for I think four years, it was a huge group of people, and looked at just that. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. hey, what is the role? What is the link? And Environmental? So yeah, where exactly. Where they live in cities? Yeah, totally. And so, you know, stress levels, all mm-hmm. huge, huge, uh, all the different aspects. Then they took. Just animal products out. They left them have their total shitty, you know, diets. You know, just Everybody totally loves. processed, crappy sugar food. They monitor these people, or yeah. they let these
0: people report their diets.
1: Um, there's a couple. There's at least five studies that have done similar sort of things, and I think some of them have been straight like monitored. And how many people were we talking about in these studies?
0: Thousands and thousands. Thousands of people, of people that yeah. they I mean, made the... report their diet and then told them they couldn't eat meat,
1: but they could eat shitty foods. Yeah, they said, and be... they listened. Well, I mean, as far as we know, yeah. I mean, no, totally. I, mean, yeah. I think yeah. high-level skepticism is totally needed. you got you know. a point, yeah, but
2: the, when it's study after study after study and there's this mm-hmm. correlation. But see, I haven't seen study after study after that's, study. That's, that's a what, film. That's, that's the what problem. This film is these things are, you know, talking about digging deep and investigating. You know, but this, people have this been film.
1: eating meat forever. Right. And so it's, it's this link between carbohydrates and fat. So mm-hmm. you, can eat, you can eat a high-fat diet. Right and low carbohydrates, and you won't necessarily develop diabetes. Right, develop- ketogenic. Well, right,
0: ketogenic diet is uh, also prevents diabetes, not diabetes uh, epilepsy. Right, that's uh, a, a huge issue in children when yeah. they start giving them high fat diets. They're finding that low carbohydrate, high fat diets that introduce a state of ketosis is actually very good at preventing uh, s- symptoms of uh, epilepsy in children.
1: Yeah. My partner, she works with a young girl with epilepsy, and she's on the keto it's diet. It's amazing, but she's actually she's raw vegan too, even and still ketogenic. So you can still a lot do of that avocado way.
0: oil, yeah, palm, peanut and oil, seeds. Yeah. And,
1: um, but you know that doesn't necessarily protect you from heart disease, but mm-hmm. diabetes. But right. so when you eat a high carbohydrate, high fat diet, so you, that's when you develop.
0: Now, what about sedentary lifestyle? What about all the, the different factors that come into play keeping a, bo- a person's body healthy? Like I've heard that one of the primary factors in cardiovascular disease is sedentary lifestyle, is the fact that your body atrophies as much as your muscles atrophy and your back deteriorates, your heart does as well. Yeah. And that a lot of that can be mitigated with exercise. And then one of the correlations that people are ignoring when they study diet and the diet in, in relationship to people's health is what are they doing with their body? What is was the physical daily activity level of their body, and how much is that factored in? Because you can't just factor in a person's diet. Like your body is a machine. Your body is this biological diverse machine that is a, a whole ecosystem inside of it. And if you don't stress it, and if you don't force it to work, it gets weak. It just does. It just does. If you don't demand resources, it,
2: it will s- slowly deteriorate. Absolutely. But you, we explore that too, you know, how much uh, exercise has a role, and it's huge. It's massive. But you still have to clean your engine out. You have to clean your pipes out, you know, and that's what it's doing. It's it's pumping the engine. But when you have clo- clogged arteries, it mm-hmm. comes a point where it can be dangerous. And if, uh, you know, you just do a clean diet for even, you know, try 30 days or something, all that flushing out of you when you're sitting on the toilet for four or five times a day, uh, or ten times a day, it's just flushing all the shit inside of you. And even if your ex starts exercising every time a day, that's just that's trying to process this food that you're putting into it that it can't do just through exercise.
1: And there's a study. Wait a
2: minute, but there's
0: not food that's like laying inside your body. That's a myth. There's not like caked food inside of people's body. that whole idea that every man has six pounds of underjusted meat. You're dead
1: if that's the case, by (laughs) the way. But you do have plaque building up in your
0: arteries. There's definitely plaque, but again, that speaks to a person's level of physical activity. There's different nutritional demands for someone that has a rigorous physical activity schedule. than someone who doesn't. And when you give your body the same amount of food as someone who's like, say, a fucking uh, sprinter or something like that, or a marathon runner, someone who's constantly burning off fuel. If you give your body, if you have a sedentary lifestyle in front of a computer sitting in a cubicle all day, and you give your body the same amount of food that the, the person who's a jogger consumes, you're gonna get fat and fucked up because you're taking in too many calories and that's a contributor, a massive contributor to heart disease. That has to be considered always Definitely. when you're talking about what's going on with a person's body. Then you've got biodiversity. Like, where are these people from? Like, what, what part of the world are their ancestors from? Because your, your genetics have different
1: biological requirements. We
2: go into genetics. So we have a whole ish, a chapter on genetics. Uh, g- what is, genetics was only... I mean, well, what as far percent? as
1: diseases, but as far as diet, too, I mean, that's, that's another su- subject that we get into. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, so that's one of the aspects of it. But going to back to the lifestyle and exercise, there's a huge study that just came out. It's 40,000 people in Sweden, uh, and they showed that having a – being active versus uh, – well, it's a little bit different. But it looked at the difference between someone who exercises all the time, who's overweight, mm-hmm. and f- someone who's skinny, who's sedentary – you're less likely to die from being sedentary and skinny than being overweight and active. Well, that makes sense. Right. I mean,
0: well, also you're dealing with someone whose body has gotten to a point where it's deteriorated so poorly that the actual stress of exercise can be detrimental. Exactly. Like, there's some people that they actually say, like, look, before you engage in any sort of exercise, you're going to have to lose weight. Right. And you're going to have to change your diet and give your body a, a, a lot of nutrients. Like, you, you have a really nutrient-deficient diet. But, of course... Osteoporosis. There's a lot of different diseases that that people get from having nutrient deficient diets. It's a big contributor to it. That's why when women have osteoporosis, they give them calcium. So one of the things that
1: mitigates it. Yeah. Well, I mean, so this is the, this new film goes into huge depth about it. Right. And similar to Cowspiracy, it's just packed full of information. But like Sorry.
0: my point about this disease thing, like saying that it causes cancer and all these things, it's not just trying to be skeptical just for no reason. It's that what what is stopping these people from eating nutrient-rich vegetables and you know and and really a a, a broad variety of nutrient-rich foods as well as meat and if you did that would that be bad for you if you had a rigorous exercise schedule and you took care of your body you drank a lot of water and you ate nutrient-dense foods as well as meat what kind of cancer are you getting there because that's really how people are supposed to live like, it's not necessarily that the only problem is that they're eating meat. That that may be a problem, but it may not be. It may be a problem just because your body's just shit because
1: you're not doing anything with it. Yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely not something the film explores. It's just the associations, too. Mm-hmm. The strong associations between f- certain types of foods and lifestyle. So it's what the whole film's about. It's, it's what the health because it's asking that question. It's like... What the health is going on with our health in the united states well there's another the
0: study that came out recently that talked about living in urban environments it takes 10 years off your life like we're, we're breathing in brake dust all the time and not even thinking about it everybody's worried about carbon dioxide and the poison that comes out of you know exhaust engines from engines but brake dust is fucking terrible for you right and it's it's a leading polluter of waterways and the stuff that washes off into the ocean it's,
2: it's like, there's something to be considered about that as well. Totally. And it's crazy. There's so many stats. That just that We've been editing nonstop. So it's like, you know, running on three hours of sleep that I want to share about how just eating once a week when you already have cancer or was it diabetes, how just like once a week, how it raised a certain percentage of coming back again, just one time a week. What do you mean by eating once a week? So, for again, example,
1: it, like eating, if you have a woman who has had breast cancer, uh-huh. by eating one serving of whole dairy a day increases her chance of dying from breast cancer. Okay, you weren't being clear. I, yeah, wasn't, 40, I didn't understand what you are saying by once a week. Or eating two servings of processed meat a day increases or your chance we, or of developing. Or which is, I mean, yeah, a day, though. It increases your chance of dying from uh, colorectal cancer by 40%. I mean, there's just you know, huge, huge correlations. Um, it's, I mean, Again, it's a huge, whole complex issue. Just in the same way, Cowspiracy. When we went into doing Cowspiracy, we went in you know, just looking, looking at the information and just presenting it all and just finding out where where's these studies coming from, what are the sources. And then we're doing the same thing with this film. It's it's really shaping up to be uh I mean it's heavy, it's mm-hmm. scary. It's got comic aspects the same way conspiracy does. Um, super controversial, and again, doesn't tell people what to do. It just provides the information, right. allows people to make up uh, their own minds.
2: And you, you bring up great points though about exercise and all that other stuff. I mean,
0: well, also in, in consuming nutrient-rich foods, like in saying that meat is the issue. Like, well, no one is arguing. Dairy is a big one. Like the yeah. dairy is just you know. not fucking good for you. Yeah. It tastes awesome though. Unfortunately, it's great with cookies, <laughs> but it's just not. It's not good for you. It's 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 it creates a lot of phlegm, and you know, raw milk is better than. Than homogenized or pasteurized milk, but you know it 's not the best shit for you right. but my point being, like how can you isolate that it is the consumption of meat that causes cancer, and not the lack of nutrients from nutrient dense foods along with meat? And is it an imbalance in the diet, or is it
2: meat causing cancer? Well, it's kind of, that's what they, do. so that's a big part of it. There's so much correlation to, to the tobacco industry that happened about 20 years ago, to the meat and dairy industry, mm-hmm. kind of like how Keegan was saying, you see these other studies that you'll hear of, um, you know, the, the, the butter fat is good for you, the cholesterol is good for the brain, the brain, uh, grain brain. And then you see who it's funded, and you, know, you look deep into it, is that... Um, is that where these studies come from, and what what the the you know there, there's a movie out? Have you seen Merchants of Doubt? Yes, where you amazing. Ju- yeah, amazing, and that's amazing. what's happening with this industry. All you have to create is doubt, and people. Well, explain love- that
0: movie if you want, because people might not have seen it, and it's really an important movie. To yeah,
2: see. so it basically explores, and it's a big part of this film. it's happened in the tobacco industry. You don't have to prove that to, to that cigarette smoking. Is going to kill it you just have to prove just put a little bit of doubt just a little bit of doubt and just like remember when butter was on the cover of time Mm -hmm. and then everybody oh my god butter or you know just recently about how lettuce or bacon was um, more lettuce was more unsustainable than bacon and, and it's like, oh, God, thank God, now I can eat my bacon. Mm-hmm. And just that little bit of doubt. And if that's all you have, then boom, you got them. So the tobacco industry did that for years and years. And just like you're talking about, how do they know these studies? Because there's thousands of studies, and then there'll be one, two, three of these other ones. And those one, two, three, oh my God, that's the one I want to see. Well, they see. had
0: hired these people to go on these shows and and argue against the idea that tobacco smoke was cancerous. Mm-hmm. And so they did it in such a like boisterous boisterous. Loud, robust
2: way that people started believing them, and now you have the you know the paleo and the the butter, you know the the fat, the the, how fat is good for you. You have these very strong personalities that. Well, they were the same same.
0: people though that were doing it about the environment. That's what was confusing and scary. These guys that they were working for the tobacco companies initially, then started doing it about issues with the environment, and you realize that the same people, and you're like, what in the fuck? Like, yeah. whoa, this is crazy. And then you find
2: out where they're getting paid. And you're like, this is so transparent. Right, and then now it's the meat and dairy industry is kind of like the last to fall of these. Um, and then that's when it comes down to, uh, you know, where A, where it's getting funded and where the, that merchant of doubt, where, where are those guys working now? Where, where is this, this, this uh, industry where they're putting their specialties of marketing? Mm-hmm. Well, there's a lot It's going to one of the most, if not the most powerful industry in the entire planet, meat and dairy. Well, I think we can all agree That as human beings, what we
0: need for sure is access to information about things that affect us when it comes to health and when it comes to diet, when it comes to when you when you find out the studies like I used to do this joke about um, I'm sure you're aware that the partnership for a drug free America was funded by alcohol and tobacco companies and pharmaceutical companies. That's where they got all their money from. And they would do these commercials against pot. And I said, that's like hookers doing commercials against strippers. It's the most ridiculous fucking shit ever. But if you ever watch those preposterous commercials, like the girl with the talking dog, she comes home from school and her dog's telling her to stop getting high. Like That's funded by pill companies. And the idea behind that, that that could be legal... You can do that, and then you could put that commercial on television and not say, "Hey, the pill company, partnership for a drug free America like what does that mean oh, yeah, like, drug companies stopping other business that 's uh-huh. exactly what it is well, the, the, and we need information, and fun. we need it to be really clear and If you are trying to stop information like that stupid fucking part of the Patriot act, if you 're trying to stop information from getting to people." That is un American, okay? That is non progressive. That is something that we shouldn't allow in this age of information. You can't stop information when it pertains to the health and the, the ethical considerations of an entire population of a country. You just fucking
1: can't. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, again, what our, our whole mission is just providing information. Like people say, like, I hey, don't tell people how to live their lives. I'm f- full on don't tell people how to live it. well you didn't yeah the first no. way you get someone to put up a wall is tell them what to do it's mm-hmm. like, give them the information and allow people to make their own minds and that's exactly what we're seeing we're seeing people making massive lifestyle changes and political changes based off of our first film Cowspiracy um, and you know the potential again is there for, for any film to do that it's just give the information unbiased let people decide for themselves and, and that's where I, I'm super excited about the new film for that reason that it's, it's another chapter it's another window into a world that we haven't really gotten to see before
0: well wherever there's money right you're gonna have someone who's trying to make more of it and trying to stop any information that gets out that's gonna prevent them from making more of it and money just sort of finds holes and cracks and leaks through and that's uh, that's sort of you know like, like a river or something you know like streams of water it just finds a way through and this
2: that's what's so cool like at the end of the film where we should show that it was so dark in the making of the food, of actually making it. We said, you know, let's look if there's a glimmer of hope. And then we saw these, you know, these plant, uh, what's it, uh, Beyond Meat and the Beyond Egg. And then we found out Bill Gates and the, uh, the guys from Twitter, they're putting their money into these new these new plant-based foods because they see this as the future. You know, these billionaires look five years, ten years down the road, and that's where they're putting their money. So now the money is going there, not ethically, not even for the environment. They're doing it because they see it's making money. Now, there's that's only a few
0: plants that have a full amino acid profile, right? There's only a few plants that are complete proteins.
1: There's okay. like quinoa and hemp, and there's a few other ones. Well, they all have a complete—they all have all the amino acids. It's just they have them in different levels. So it's like, you know, you have your 23 amino acids, and they'll be high in six and low in, you know, the others. But they, uh, they don't
0: all have the same amino acids that meat does. No, so,
1: so they have all, all, all of them do? All, every, yeah. every plant that has protein, like broccoli has protein. So yeah. broccoli has all the amino acids that, uh, that a meat does? As far as I know, yeah. And so what it is, because there used to be that belief that you had to combine foods. And mm-hmm. so it's like you had to eat brown yeah. rice and broccoli. But the truth is, is that just eat a varied diet and you get the exact levels that you need. Um, the belief of in like that eating meat is is the you know has the amino acids that are closest to our own mm-hmm. proteins it's well then that logically we should eat human beings that would be the healthiest food to eat but that's not really the healthiest food for people to why eat why would that be the case though well that that's the whole basis of that like meat that's where the amino acids Right, but no one's protein.
0: arguing that right what they're saying is that you should eat what we've eaten up until now like all the thousands of years of human development we've developed specifically for certain diets. That's why biodiversity, when you talk to people from different parts of the world, they might require different nutrients because their genetics have adapted to the nutrients that are in their environment. Right. Right? Right, so no one's saying that you should eat people. Like right. That's kind of a disingenuous
1: <laughs> argument, right? Well, yeah, but I mean, but to say that we have to eat meat, because that's what often mm-hmm. the argument. Is that well, we yeah. have to eat these foods. And well, they're saying, I think they're what they're
0: trying to. Sorry to interrupt you, but they're, I think they're saying to optimize, to optimize your performance, your health, your your vitality.
2: That animal-based proteins are more efficient. And that's the part our you know film goes into like efficiency, efficiency in long endurance athletes. You know, say you're talking about Bridgeroll, um, uh, or our, our Scott Jurek. You know, the, the biggest, longest, the most healthiest long distance athlete right now, just Scott Jurek. He's strictly on a plant based diet because it's the most efficient form of you know converting.
0: Right, but you're talking about endurance athletes. You're talking about skinny guys that run a long time. You're not that's talking what I'm saying. about depending explosive on, athletes. What like, about. look, I mean, if you looked at like mixed martial artists, for example, or boxers or explosive athletes that have to optimize the physical capacity of their body, there's very, 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 very few that have vegan diets. And few have tried it, and they felt weak. Uh, John Fitch was one of them. John Fitch, who did it, I believe, for ethical reasons, also because he wanted to try to optimize his health. He just found himself to be much weaker
1: when he was on a vegan diet. It's a big thing about that. I mean, there's Mac Danzig. He was, you know, Vegan, uh, yes and again mac who's a good fighter never reached
0: a championship level he was a very smart guy very intelligent guy and did it for all the right reasons and, and and a real environmentalist and a very aware guy just a real brilliant guy all around but he never reached that championship potential that
1: some feel that you need to eat animal-based protein I mean, it's just an argument yeah. for that yeah, I mean, it's definitely, it's an interesting argument. I think the big the big part of it is that there's so few vegan athletes
0: mm-hmm. right
2: now. Yeah, anyway. I think
1: you're right. I think that is yeah. the big the part of it. The
2: population is only 1% of vegans. So, you know, if that percent, mm. and what's the percentage of an elite athlete, 0.01? Right. You know? right,
0: but out of elite athletes, what percentage of elite athletes are vegans? We're actually
2: looking into that because, you know, depending on what you're looking into, mm-hmm. long durance, like when yeah. Carl Lewis, when he was at his peak, he said he was completely vegan when right. he was at his peak. But he was also on steroids. Oh yeah,
0: and yeah. Let us hope. Yeah, um, I mean, you know, he was caught with something. He was caught with some sort of a stimulant. It was at the same time that Glenn Johnson was caught, or Ben Johnson, rather. You know, when Ben Johnson was caught with steroids, Carl Lewis was caught with something too, and Carlos had been caught with other things before. Like, the, you know, when I had um, Victor Conte in here, who was with the Balco, Balco guy, and um, he sort of explained all the uh, the different modalities and methods that these. He's like every track and field athlete's dirty. He's like they're all dirty. He, and he was saying the same thing about Tour de France. He's like, this idea that these guys are doing it clean, bullshit. They're all dirty. So when you say, these guys are doing amazing, they're on a plant-based diet, and EPO, and testosterone, and HGH, and blood doping, and
2: but like there's a said, lot going on. everyone else is too. Yes, so. it's true. So but one thing, the strongest guy in Germany, what's the Patrick Boo, Patrick strong guy mean?
0: in Germany. Yeah. <laughs> He's so he
2: one strong man. He's strong. Oh, uh, yeah. one of those yeah.
1: barrel tossing characters. Yeah. World record holder. He's the yeah, he has two Guinness world record records mm-hmm. for yoke lifts and just super beast. Uh-huh. Uh, 100% vegan. Interesting. But, but you know, I think that it's it's one aspect of it. Mm-hmm. You know, you're saying like we're machines. So it's like Put the, the right fuel in the machine to r- run it. I'm the wrong guy to have this conversation with <laughs> you guys, honestly, because I just don't know enough.
0: And if, I would love to have some sort of a, uh, someone who really understands human physiology. That's and, why I don't want to throw out numbers because yeah. there's
2: so much editing we're still going through. It's mm-hmm. just blowing our mind, though. It's, uh, you know, someone ooh. from
0: the paleo community that's really smart, Like a Rob Wolf guy would be a good guy to
1: talk to you guys. Well, yeah. that, and that's the other thing, too, is that we're, I don't think we're even equipped to make the arguments – because we're not, we're not right. doctors, right. we're not scientists. Right. Right. I mean, it's the same thing with conspiracy People wanna argue with us on statistics and say, hey, look, we're just reporting what other people have. Well, who reported.
0: would be, if I wanted to get two guys together, like a Rob Wolf and then a scientist who's uh, supporting the vegan diet, who, who would those two Garth people? Garth Davis. Garth Davis. Garth, Garth Davis. Davis, yeah. There's,
2: there's a few people who just go off on the whole pale, paleo thing. Uh, okay. You know, from, from a physiological level to you know, to every single level of what paleos actually really ate and what they were well, doing. Well, that's sort of, that, it's just a name.
0: I, mean, right. I think the problem is with the name paleo. Yeah. But the idea of people eating things that are easily digestible, that's exactly. normal food like lettuces and grasses and vegetables and meats and chicken and fish. That's that's what their ideas about. Garth Davis is a good
2: one. He's yeah. he's a character okay. too. That would and be would, cool. That would be cool. Be a, okay, I will write that guy. Super funny. He's, he's one I'll of try the, to fly we'll, them both out. We'll
0: give you a contact if you want. Cuz you know, people always complain that I have these one-sided conversations with people like you guys
1: and I don't bring anybody into and then I'm stuck trying to do it myself <laughs> and I'm ill-equipped. But Seth so Garth know, Davis. But say that's one of the cool things I think about your show is that you have you have super eclectic guests. You have people from so many different spectrums like um I mean again, from from one end of, you know, hardcore paleo sort of folks to to our friend Rich Roll who mm-hmm. says hi by the way. I love that dude. Rich is yeah. awesome. He's awesome. Awesome guy. Great, great guy. Yeah, plant-based endurance athlete. So well,
0: I try to have an open mind. That's yeah, you know, awesome, much, As much as open as, as
2: possible while trying to enjoy this experience. and Watch, not... watch What's Your Health when it comes out or What the Health when it comes out. Pitch
0: man, look at you. Well, <laughs> <laughs> definitely watch it. We two hours of sleep. We had to oh, drive from San Francisco. But, oh, um... I'm sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, well, de- I'll definitely watch it. 100%. Um, I, I think uh, you guys did a fantastic job with this documentary i really do and i think i i hope that uh you know as i said that i think information is the most important thing and when people are trying to deny information or restrict information based on the worry that they're going to lose money because they're doing something unethical that should be a fucking crime it shouldn't be a crime that you film that 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 shouldn't be a crime it shouldn't be a crime that you show someone kicking a fucking cow or beating it over the head with a sledgehammer like we have seen if you watch those videos it shouldn't be a crime to film that it should be a crime to do that And it should be a crime to support that. That that that's it's it's fucked up. It's it's against what people want in this day and age. And I think the analogy of like finding out that slaves make your genes is like it's it really is I mean, it's probably worse because you're eating it. You know, it's it's a different thing because it's actually becoming a part of your body. It's just as bad. Or not worse. Or whatever. It's bad. Why am I quantifying? (laughs) Um, is there anything else you guys would like to say before we wrap this up?
1: Uh, you know, thanks so much for having us. We really encourage encourage people to go to our website, cowspiracy.com. Again, it has all the stats and statistics, has a link to, uh, where you can watch the film on Netflix. We had a book that just came out that, uh, called the sustainability secret that covers even more statistics and information and behind the scenes stuff that happened in the film. Uh, you can get that through our website as well. And then check out our, our new film, What the Health. You can find that through our website, Cowspiracy.com. All right, folks.
0: Um,
2: anything else would you like to? Just thank you very much. Really My, pleasure.
0: It. My pleasure. My pleasure. I appreciate you guys coming on. And uh, I really enjoyed your documentary. So congratulations on an, an awesome job. And uh, What the Health, I'll check that out too. Ron, thanks Thank so you, guys. Much, man. Thanks, All right, folks. That's, uh, that's it for this week. We'll be back next week. Lots of fun. Uh, enjoy your weekend. See you soon. Bye-bye all right you fucks i hope you enjoyed the shit out of that podcast um i did i enjoyed talking to those guys and um uh i uh, appreciate them coming on i appreciate all of you fuckheads as well i say fuckheads with all love nothing but love when i say fuckheads thanks to blue apron go to blueapron.com forward slash rogan try that shit out they're delicious they're good for you thank you to caveman coffee go to cavemancoffeeco.com enjoy some motherfucking awesome coffee they better not do a documentary about how coffee's bad i'll come to their house pissing their cornflakes uh, <laughs> cavemancoffeeco.com we're also brought to you by onnit that's o-n-n-i-t use the code word rogan and save 10% off any and all motherfucking supplements I'm having Mark Sisson from the primal, primal Blueprint. Maybe he'll be able to shed some light. He's on next week. Hannibal. Hannibal Burris. He'll be on next week, too. Burris? Burris. Burris. I said it, right. I said it wrong the right, first time, right? Burris. That's uh, uh, it, you fucking animals. See you soon. Bye-bye. Much love. Here's a kiss for you. Mwah, take it right in the face. Mwah. Mwah. Love the shit out of you fucking people. Keep it real and fresh. All right.